The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Rouse. So much for the warm introduction and good morning. Today is February 6, 2022. It's the first Sunday of the month and it's the Sunday morning roundtable coming at you right now on the TJRS radio network online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Father God, we just thank you and we praise you for this day, Lord God. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for this is truly the day in which you have made and we can rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. Father, we thank you, O oh God, that we can come before you and make our request known unto you, Lord God. We come before you, Lord God, on behalf of those that have submitted prayer requests in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for you know all, you see all, you're everywhere all at the same time. And God, we thank you that there is nothing that can happen on the face of this earth, O oh God, that catches you off guard or catches you by surprise. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for you being a healer. We thank you for you being a deliverer, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that mother or that father, Lord, that's crying out on behalf of that child, whether they be sick, whether they're gone wayward, Lord God. We thank you in the name of Jesus for you being the peace, you being the calm in the midst of a storm in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for you touching that body, Lord God, that may be Lord God, ailing in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, oh God, for you showing up on the scene, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for you being the medicine, Lord God. You being that bomb in Gilead, oh God. Father, we thank you for you being that bomb here in the United States, that bomb abroad, Lord God. Wherever you are needed, God, we ask that you show up and show out. We ask, Lord God, that you arise and demonstrate your power in the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise, O oh God, and we thank you, O oh God, for allowing us to come before you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Woo, man, what a powerful, powerful prayer this morning. Welcome into the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. 347-850-1272 is that caller number. We thank you so much for being here on a beautiful but cold Sunday. Of course, I'm never here by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the key players that's in the house. Miss Vanessa Maybell is in the house, and Mr. Elias is in the place to be as well. Let's say good morning to the crew. Good morning, Vanessa. What a powerful word. Good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning. How's everybody? I hope everybody's safe from all of the cold weather and the rain that we've had the last couple of days. Sounds like you were affected by it. You coughing and sneezing and hacking and whacking. You okay? 
I'm not coughing at all. I haven't coughed, sneezed, or anything. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, we can hear that you're congested. We can tell, Vanessa. We talk to you every no. week. Yes. Are, are you just waking up? I mean, you sound like your voice is just getting started this morning. Actually, Jay, you know I don't like running because I can't breathe. And so I oh. was over at my daughter's house. And I was trying to run back into the house so I could get on the show. You think you know me oh, so well. You make me sick. I do know you so well. Kisses and smooches. The man who gets the first and last <laughs> word here on the serious side. The one and only, only Mr. L.E.S. is in the place. B, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Mary and the Music. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Rich Sister. And good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. The number is 347-850-1272, and uh, we're glad that you are in the place to be. Of course, as we always do, we take a few minutes for personal privilege, and we try to talk about things that are not going to be covered during the show. But since today is the Sunday Morning Roundtable, the first Sunday, by the way, of each month it is the Sunday Morning Roundtable. So I don't know what we're talking about this morning, so i tell you what I'm going to do. Mr. Elias, man, what's on your mind, man? Let me start it there. What's on your mind, man? What do you want to kind of rapid clap about before we get into the show? Oh, man, it, it, how about this weather? Lord have mercy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This weather's horrible. It's unbelievable. Hell, we got we got 17 inches of snow here, man. It was a battle, man. It was a battle. You said how many out. inches? 17, my brother. 17. Wow. Yes, yes. It was dodge. a battle, brother. I put my old truck on the road, though, to get to work, baby. And, and I threw that sucking four-wheel drive, and she rolled right on through it like it wasn't even. It sliced it, sliced it like it was butter, man. I was like, hey, thank God I got a oh, truck, man. Oh, there it is. You have to put that in somebody's face. Why don't you? Uh, you got a truck, well, too, I, don't you? You You know, the thing is, is that uh, what's interesting, though, about what Miss Elias just said, Vanessa, is that it's been cold here. I mean, my God. And once again, I go in my backyard and I have these big, beautiful plants. I couldn't cover them because they're all over the backyard. And I tell you what, uh, I went out there the other day and they are in what we call the front leaning rest. They are gone. Oh, my God. I just, Mm. uh, I mean, every year this happens and I lose plants and I'm so pissed off. I was able to save some. But my, my big beautiful ones. Well, why are you covering out. with sheets? Well, because I don't have that many sheets. Vanessa, first, first of all, Vanessa, I don't have that damn many sheets in my house. I mean, my goodness, there's okay. a lot of plants back there. Okay, I've seen pictures of your backyard and your right. But, baby, let me tell you you just go to the resale shop and buy some old you sheets like Goodwill and go get them for a dollar. And you cover them, and then when the sun comes out the next day, you uncover them and you go back out. Bobby's out there baby in a lime, lemon lime tree in the backyard <laughs> with a bucket. I mean, so Ooh, I, God, I, I, you know, I got these Hawaiian tree back in my here. backyard. You better go get mm-hmm. some sheets from Goodwill. Oh, man, I forgot. I just planted a, a, a lime tree uh-huh. back there. I bet you that thing is gone. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Did you go go check that lime tree? We don't see what's up. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll check it during the break and give you a live uh, update. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the weather's been, been, it's been rough uh, around here. Uh, I mean, I think the wind chill factor knocked us under 20 degrees for the first time. And so, you know, teeth are clicking in Houston, that's for sure. Jeez Louise, this is crazy. Oh, man. So, 
other things that are going on that we probably, and I'm just going to take a wild guess that we're not going to talk about. Uh, the fact of the matter is that, you know, I'm watching this thing and, uh, as far as all these different school districts are trying to ban freaking books. And, you know, something that happened uh, here recently that a group of mothers, uh, black moms, uh, actually uh, stepped up to the plate and went after and challenged their particular state's ruling on that, and they won. And so, um, you know, all is not over yet when it comes to this stuff. But my goodness, man, when you think about what they're trying to do, they're trying to erase uh, history, especially, you know, February is Black History Month. And so we're having these conversations during the one time of the year, which, by the way, happens to be the shortest month of the year, that we celebrate the accomplishments of black folks. What do y'all think about that? Hmm. Well, that's what that's what they call critical race theory. They're trying to erase our history, and they're, they're trying to say that you know, you know, if if slavery makes a, a a kid feel bad, then you shouldn't talk about it. Hell, <laughs> there's a lot of things that make a kid feel bad. We, you know, are we gonna stop talking about everything? Come on, man, and this I is just crazy. And I, don't even, I don't even think that it's feel bad. I think that they that they don't want their white children to know what they did to black people. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we were mm-hmm. going down we were going down ninety towards Sugarland, Jay, mm-hmm. and there was mm-hmm. this card that said matter on the back window, black letters trimmed black letters trimmed in yellow and matter had red imprints in it. Bobby said, Vanessa, I'm gonna catch up with that car and I bet you the person driving that car is white. I looked at him like he was crazy. He drove up beside that car, and the person driving that car was white. And do you know what? Bobby said because black what? people can't ride around with this stuff on their car. <laughs> because the car would get blown up or the windows would get bashed out. But a white person she said the car would have blown up or the windows been knocked out. You said it had been blown up or the windows have been knocked out. You know black people can't ride around with no big old bold thing on the back of their window to say Black Lives Matter and come back out and they don't have a key mark from beside their car. Well, but come on now, think about that. How do they know it's a white person driving? If the car is parking in the park lot, if the car is parked in the parking lot, I mean, who knows? I mean, come on. I'm not talking about that. Jay, I'm not saying that. I'm saying usually when you see that kind of stuff, it's on a white person's car. That's all we're saying. But what I'm trying to say to you is, listen, Jay. Are you no, I'm saying that's true. No, I just said it was true. I'm sorry if you didn't hear me. I said that's true. Yes, I'm listening. But see, listen, they want they don't want the white children to know what they did because they already right. got white kids out there picketing for black people. Right. I mean, so that's why they don't want it in school. They don't want those kids to know what they did to our our ancestors. They don't want them to know. So they want to take it out of school. It's real. That's why I posted the other day everything that black people have invented. Because the youngsters who don't know need to know. So that's right. why I posted it the other day. They don't okay, know. but let me well but, but but let me ask you this, because this is a big thing when it when we talk about critical race theory and things of that nature. I was I was watching something the other day and they talked about how how America after the after the Revolutionary War 
it was amazing. The time that it took America to become an independent nation and to really be the, you know, quote, unquote, the beacon of the world was in record time. And they said the reason why was because America didn't have to pay for wage uh, for labor. That basically they used slavery to build this nation. So they yeah. had no debt. They had nothing because they used free labor to build this nation. That's why they were able to establish so fast as a nation. And I thought that was fascinating when I heard that. I said, wow. It's one of those facts, Mr. Elias, that's laying right there under your nose. But until someone actually points it out, you, you're, you're like, damn. This is true, right? I mean, it was amazing mm-hmm. when I heard that. Yeah, because if you think about who built up Washington, D.C., the Capitol and the White House and all the other stuff that's in Washington, D.C., the monuments and all the other stuff, it's black folks. Black folks built that up. It was all slave labor. It was all free labor. It was all black folks that did it. And they built this country on our backs, and then they want to treat us like we're garbage. This is what's so funny to me about this whole thing. And black folks sit there and, 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 and follow these white folks to the end of earth. You know that 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 will try and take away everything away from them. That's taking away their right to vote. That's taking away everything that they want in life, and they are following them, and they don't care about how they do things. It's crazy to me. So you know, we went to Nashville. Um, my church did. My other church did. We went to Nashville, and we went to the the house of uh, President Jackson's house. And we were, okay. uh, the black people were in awe to see all of the magnolia trees in exact lines, y'all. Like, I mean, just exact lines. And every brick on the house was put on there by slaves. Every Everything was done by slaves. Then we went to the slave quarters. You talking about black people crying? Oh, my God. We were in tears. My bathroom mm. is bigger than the slave quarters. And the walls mm. were made of cement. And they said it was mm. 25 to 40 people that had to sleep in that room. Mm. I was broken down when I saw that. Yeah. I was broken down. It'll, it'll, make, it, it'll make you shake to your knees when, when, you, when, when reality hits you, you know, when you see stuff like this. I remember going to the African-American Museum in Washington, D.C., and I recommend that mm-hmm. to anyone who, who yes, actually ends go. up in D.C. Uh, there's that's a where part I want to go, it. Jay. Yeah, well, that's where you need to go. There, there's an exhibit. There's the Emmett Till exhibit where you, where you walk into this oh. room and they tell you, you know, turn your cameras off in the whole nine yards. And there's a coffin there. Now, obviously, and there's a photo of Emmett Till in there, you know, the way he was – you know, uh, displayed mm-hmm. during his funeral back in the day. It's a solemn moment. And when you just walk in there, you just feel the weight of the historical moment. And it's like you're there at the funeral. It's really a moving experience. And it's also, I mean, it's something that you definitely need to go to. And while we're talking about African-American history, and of course, this is Black History Month, um, let me change gears a little bit. Blind Flores, Mr. Elias, suing the NFL, saying that, uh, you know, they have discriminatory practices. Now, we talk about we talk about this every year, how many black coaches are going to be hired. In a league that's 77% African-American, you have one African-American No, coach. you can't talk about that. That's my topic, Jay. No, stop. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, on, that was uh, okay. Fine. I won't, we won't talk about it. Okay. Thank you. It's like playing battleship, right? When you say a four, <laughs> you just hit my battleship. So I just hit Vanessa's battleship. My bad. All right. Two minutes left in the segment. So let's talk about this here real quick then. The fact that, and I'm not sure if anyone's talking about this, well, you probably will because it's in the Maybe I shouldn't bring that up either. Matter of fact, let's just do this. Just end this <laughs> before I step on anyone else's throat. <laughs> we'll, we'll get an NPR news update. And then after that, we'll hear from the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S3478501272. It's the serious side on a beautiful but cold Sunday morning, uh, the first weekend of Black History Month. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. And one last announcement. Every uh, Sunday this month, doing four minutes or less, Kavina time, we will hear a black history moment. So Kavina time this month is dedicated to, you know, once again, things that they don't want to teach you in white schools. We'll teach you right here on the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. U.S. intelligence assessments indicate that Russia has put in place most of the military elements necessary to stage a large-scale invasion of Ukraine. From Brussels, Terry Schultz reports that this latest estimate also warns that if Moscow were to invade, the Ukrainian capital could fall in just days. Dire warnings from Western military and intelligence officials conclude Russian President Vladimir Putin has amassed about 70% of the capabilities needed to be able to attack Ukraine, seize the capital, and remove Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. This could cause Ukrainians to flee by the millions to neighboring European countries. Officials note, for example, the number of Russian battalion tactical groups sent to the border area has risen in the last couple of weeks from 60 to 83. Russia will hold joint military exercises with Belarus starting this week, and Moscow has sent military resources there at a level not seen since the Cold War. Belarus is a key location since it borders not only Ukraine, but NATO allies Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland. For NPR News, I'm Terry Schultz in Brussels. Russia is dismissing the U.S. assessment. Moscow's deputy ambassador to the United Nations calls it madness and says the U.S. is scaremongering. President Biden is gearing up for the midterms with a mixed outlook as Democrats seek to hold on to their slim majority in Congress. NPR's Mara Liason reports. The latest jobs report was much better than expected. Employment, wages, and GDP growth are all up. COVID numbers are dropping. The president has a Supreme Court seat to fill, something that could help unite and energize his party. And the U.S. just eliminated one of the leaders of the ISIS terror group. The Republican Party, meanwhile, has a new official acceptance of the January 6th insurrection as, quote, legitimate political discourse, seeming to reinforce Biden's election year message that the GOP is too extreme. Mara Liason, NPR News. To Beijing now, the U.S. has won its first medal of the Winter Olympic Games. Julia Marino earned silver in the women's snowboard slope-style event. From Beijing, NPR's Tom Goldman reports. 24-year-old Julia Marino surged to the top of the leaderboard on the second of her three runs, expertly navigating the rails and ramps on the slope-style course, soaring and twisting and somersaulting to an impressive 87.68 points. She then watched as athlete after athlete tried and failed to beat her until the last one, 
New Zealand's Zoe Sadowski Sinnott uncorked a greater run, throwing her arms in the air even before her score was posted. The 92.88 points thrilled her closest competitors. Marino ran and tackled Sadowski Sinnott, and bronze medalist Tess Cody joined in the dogpile. Marino's medal is the 32nd for U.S. snowboarding, the most by one country in Olympic competition. Tom Goldman, NPR News, Beijing. This is NPR News. Three four seven eight five zero one two seventy. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJR. It's Radio Network, online radio at its best. Like I said, it's the first Sunday of the month, and it's time for uh, the Sunday morning roundtable, where our panelists bring topics to the table. And first up, as always, the man gets the first and last word to one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Man, what are we talking about during this first segment of the show, sir? I, I'm a little conflicted because I had two of them, but hey, man, let's go with uh, uh, the words of our ex-vice president, Mike Pence. I want to know why it took him so damn long for him to come out and say Trump got it wrong, and he didn't didn't need to overturn the election. You know, why why did it take you so damn long? Why are you coming out now instead of right after the, 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 the insurrection? And January 6th, are you posturing for a uh, vice pre- uh, for, for a presidency? Are you trying to put yourself in position to run for president? Why did it take you so long when the evidence is right there in your face saying that Trump got it wrong? Are you saying that now that you're knowing his, some of his base is starting to weaken, you're trying to grab them away from him? What, what is really going on with Mike Pence, man? You know, and and, and I, I refuse to call this coward a hero because he sat there and kissed Trump's butt and, and instead of saying, hey, this man tried to have me killed. It's wrong. I don't give a damn what nobody say. It's wrong. But not him. Not this clown. He comes out now so he can start posturing two years before 20, uh, two years beforehand to start posturing his way to become a, a presidential candidate. That's the only thing it can be, because otherwise he'd still be kissing Trump's butt. So you're saying that Mike Pence came out, and this is interesting because I, 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 I didn't see this. I saw his picture show up on my news feed, but I didn't go into detail to see what it was all about. So you're saying that Mark, Mike Pence came out and denounced Trump? Is that what, you, is that what I'm hearing from you? He came out and said, yes, he Trump did. got it wrong. He got it wrong, and he and – he, uh, he got it wrong, and uh, that he should have certified the election. The Trump got it wrong, so yeah, he denounced Trump. That he should yeah. have certified the election because I saw I saw a headliner that said that Mike Pence said he could not, he did not have the power to certify it. So, which one is it? I, I had no right to overturn the election. That's what he okay. said. I had no right to overturn the election. Yep. Okay. Yep. He came out so, and said Trump got it wrong. I had no right to overturn the election, and the only reason 
that he said that. And my opinion is that he's posturing yeah. to run for president. That's the only reason. Otherwise, he's still be kissing his butt. Well, okay. Go ahead, Vanessa. But didn't Trump just say something about Mike Pence at one of the rallies? He's still kind of like throwing him under the bus. Uh, and when he's out at these rallies talking. And I don't know how he's able to even get out at these rallies, Elias, and have rallies and talk about this stuff when, by now, this man should be held under the prison, (laughs) but he's not. So I don't know. I think that Mike Pence is – when we heard Trump, uh, because they was doing some segments here, Jay, because he was in Conroe, and they were doing yeah. some little excerpts of it. Um, he, uh, he was talking about Pence, how Pence threw him under the bus and did not uh, overturn uh, the the results. And I think that Pence probably is still getting death threats. His wife is probably people still throwing stuff at her or whatever. I'm just saying you are absolutely correct, Les, when you say he's probably going to run. But even if he don't run at the next one, if he decides to run after that, he doesn't want that stigma tied to him that Trump is trying to lay out for him. Trump is a dirty, low-down man to throw his VP under the bus like he did, and they were walking around the Congress chamber trying to find him. If they had found Mike, they got him out just in time. If they had found him, they would have harmed him. He would have, he would have been seriously hurt. Well, but, you, 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 Go ahead, Mr. Elias. Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. No, no, I don't want you to lose your training. And he, but he, go ahead. Even after all of that, Vanessa, he still was kissing this man's butt. He never spoke out against him. He never spoke out against him. And, and Trump has been touting that same line that Pence could have done this, Pence could have done that. He is not He is not lightened up on that. He's been saying that since the beginning, and he's still going after Pence, and he's still saying this stuff. Why is Pence doing this now? He, he, Trump ain't changed his tune, but Pence has. But you said something because I thought Pence was interesting, Mr. Elias. Well, you said something interesting, though, because, I mean, the polls are starting to show that their people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump's popularity in the, in the GOP is starting to wane a little bit. And, and so maybe mm-hmm. that's the reason why he's stepping out. Maybe he's saying, okay, maybe this is the time for me to step out of here and, you know, and, and say what everyone knows. Is the truth Well anyone of sound mind and judgment Know that, that the election was the most secure election In American history And that you know he did not He is in, uh, Pence did not have the ability To overturn the election So I, I think that maybe that's what's going on Mr. Elias Maybe they're saying hmm, Maybe we need to step out here Because now the polling is starting to show That he's waving a little bit And as far as Vanessa You're saying that he's a dirty low down tramp That guy come on he turns on people at the drop of a hat. He's already gone after Lindsey Graham when Lindsey Graham came out and denounced the statement that Trump said in one of his rallies, like, oh, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll pardon these guys. And, you know, and, and, and uh, Lindsey Graham was like, oh, no. no, we're not pardoning anybody. They need to throw them under the jail because we don't want people to think that this behavior is normal. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? You interview Trump, hmm. Trump, well, Lindsey Graham don't know what the hell he's talking about. That guy doesn't have any loyalty. Come on. So, 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 so making the announcement that he's a dirty dog for them, so that's, that's nothing new when it comes to this man. And you know it. Man, so why do you call him a dirty dog? 
Well, I just want, I mean, you know, you guys always get on me about, wait, Jay, I can't believe you don't understand this. I'm like, come on. You're making a, you're saying something that we all know. That guy is rotten to the core. The only person you probably won't turn on is Ivanka. Throw Melania under the under the bus if he had the opportunity. To he would it. throw all of them under the bus. Both of his sons. It's already been stated and reported that he would throw Don Jr. under the bus first before he throw Ivanka on the bus uh, under the bus. And so, I, I you know because he's always had that infatuation with that little, with that young lady, and it's really sad for a dad to have that kind of infatuation over a child. I think it's sick. But yeah, it is sick. He had, he. It's sick. It's sick. It's it's sick beyond anything that uh, you know. If you go back and listen to some of his old old Howard Stern uh, uh, interviews, it's ridiculous. It really and truly is. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. As we continue to have this conversation about, uh, so Mr. Elias, so what do you think is going to happen? This is your topic. Talk to us. What I think is going to happen, I think that uh, and Trump's base keeps if he keeps losing his base like he's losing it, Pence is going to Pence is going to pounce on him, and and Pence is going to run for run for office because they you know because and quiet is kept. They say Mitch McConnell cannot stand Trump. Quiet is kept. He's looking for an opportunity to get rid of this guy because he's too abrasive. That's what that's what I keep hearing in the background that Mitch McConnell cannot stand this guy. You know, it's only the idiots out there who 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 will, who will back up Trump because he says the things that ever that people are scared to say. And then you're not much of a man or a woman. But but Mr. Elias, that's not a secret either. I mean, Mitch McConnell, that report came out when he was when Trump was in the White House. That that's so why is you Mitch know, McConnell you, kissing his butt. If Mitch McConnell's the most well, because powerful Mitch man, McConnell is DC. interested in power. That's why. Mitch McConnell He's will the most do anything. He's the most powerful. Well, man not anymore. Well, not anymore. He's not. That's uh, that's uh, Senator. That's Manchin. He's the most powerful man in D.C. now. But but Mitch McConnell, all he's concerned about is power. He don't care about any of that stuff. He's going to say what he has to say, and he's going to like every now and then he'll say something that makes sense. But this is the thing I always tell folks. You know, when when Liz Cheney. Uh, stepped up and said what she said about Trump and the impeachment, and now she's on the January 6th commission. You know, we're all applauding her for what she's doing. But at the end of the day, she voted 95% of the time with Trump. So, yeah. I don't applaud. Well, 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 we did. Well, we did because it was like it's about dang old time someone stood up and told the truth about this man. You know, Uh, the 10 Republican senators who voted to impeach him. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still Republicans. Lisa Markowski uh, came out and, and denounced something that Donald Trump said not too long ago. So I guess what I'm saying here is I'm not saying that you need to dislike Republicans. I've always said that this country needs two strong political parties. That's why Baskin Robbins has 33 flavors. We all are not going to think alike. I think what this is done for me is by the way. Thank you very much. You know, the thing is that for me, it's like what this has done for me in a weird but cool way is that it has uh, made me realize that, you know, I remember I used to look at certain Republicans when they were against President Obama. The first thing that came across my mind is, you know, they're racist, you know, but some of these same Republicans are out here 
you know, talking and saying things about Trump. Like, hey, this guy, this is wrong what this guy is doing. So it really makes me think that, okay, they weren't, they weren't racist. They, they just was fighting for, some of them at least, were fighting for what they believe in. And that's okay. You know, it's okay for you to think differently. I think the reason why a lot of us are up in arms because we say, how can you follow a man who doesn't like a certain race or a certain class of people? And I think that's the reason why we are like, oh, every Republican is, you know, how can a, you be black and be a Republican, blah, 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 blah. And I think that's the reason why. Now, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I really and truly believe that now Trump, in my opinion, has kind of exposed some things that that's, his presidency was a failure, right? It was a failure, opened our eyes to a lot of things. It opened our eyes to the fact that racism is was right there, right underneath the surface, right? You, you thought it was buried, buried? Eh. You know, it's like when you bury something, if you don't bury it deep enough, if you walk across it and scrape a little bit of the dirt off the top, you're going to still smell a little bit of it. And I think racism is still right there, right? Because you're seeing it play out every day. I mean, it's a massive front on these things. When schools are saying that you can't teach kids about what happened with the Tulsa riots, Right. You know, so so those things tell me, Vanessa, that racism is right there and that as long as this country, I still think, you know, y'all can beat me up on this statement if you want. I still think it's the greatest country in the world. I still think that overall that America is not racist. The majority of America is not racist. But I still think that racism is prominent in this nation. And I think that. All Donald Trump did was uh, he just reunited, and he made it okay to talk about it in the open. The floor is y'all's. So what Jay, do you think? Jay, do you really – say what's the percentage? That's an interesting comment that you made. You believe – I believe that it is one of – I do believe that the United States is it's just one of the best countries. I do believe that. I mean, you travel everywhere being in the military and – I've done a little. I've done some traveling in my life. I've been over to Europe and Germany and all of those places as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, what is the percentage that you think of this country is not racist? Are you saying that because you just said you believe that the majority is not racist? So right. you believe that eighty to seventy-five percent of this country is not racist, or is it sixty-five percent? You know, I, I do think I, I I think that number. I think you're I think you're right. I think it's about seventy something percent. I really do. I, I believe it because you think about it. You know, you, you, you a lot of the things that that we see that are going on in this country. You know, we talk about it being racist and things of that nature. But we are seeing across this country where they're taking down Confederate statues. Right. We're we're we're, we're seeing where professional teams are changing their sports names. Now you can say that the money's motivating that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Still doing it. Well, that's. I mean, listen. I'm not saying that it's not. Money rules the world, man. So I'm not saying that you know. Okay, whatever. You know what? Then I'll agree with you at that part. Let's just say that it's sixty forty. That sixty percent of this country. I'm not because fifty fifty is one thing. I don't know if I would give them seventy thirty. So I would give them sixty forty and say sixty percent.
Okay, we'll break it down like this. We'll break it down like this. That means you're saying that for every 10 white folks you see, four of them are racist. I don't believe that because I deal with them all the time. I don't. Wait, 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 Jay. I'm talking about the episode. That's laughing, not me. I would say, listen, Tracy. I would say for every team mm-hmm. that I would believe that three. I'm not going to say two, Jay. Well, that's that's just that's seventy percent. I would say three. I would that's say what three. I'm saying. Yeah, that's Move what I'm saying. You and I are saying the same thing. Move the neighborhood and tell me how But 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 you can't do that because what you're doing. No, 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 Vanessa. I said seventy percent. Okay, okay. Okay, well, Mr. Elias, first of all, you're talking, Mr. Elias, okay, but you're talking about the overall. You you can go into any pocket of, of a situation. You can move, you can go to, um, uh, what, what's the most, you can go to, uh, uh, what's the most whitest, uh, here you go, Indiana. Indiana's a Republican state. Indiana has mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff going on in Indiana. Mm-hmm. If you go to Gary, Indiana, you wouldn't think if you think if you based your thoughts on Gary, Indiana, on one segment, you think that that's the most democratic, darkest, and blackest state in the nation. So you you can go to areas. You're right. When you go to areas surrounded by people with those beliefs, you are going to get that. But I'm saying on the average, when you look at it from a from a holistic perspective. And Vanessa, you just confirmed what I said. I said that you're saying for every ten white folks that you run across, that you know four of them are racist. I don't believe that. I, I really don't believe that. Okay. And like I said, I deal with these I folks all the time. I've dealt with them. But you can deal with that, Jay. I live right here in Houston. By okay. you, I mean close enough. Yes. And yeah. I deal with the same white people. And all I'm okay. saying is stop and that, think, okay. Jay. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Jay, don't we I'm not thinking. give 30 minutes of You work 15 minutes from my house if you don't know it. Okay, I know that. Your name is 15 minutes from me. Okay, so all I'm saying so is because the same people, uh-huh. Jay, stop. Okay. Jay, I ain't going to be able to get dressed for church because I'm going to mess with you. Uh, Go ahead. I'm look, listening. All I'm saying is <laughs> some of these don't same white people that, mm-hmm. Let's meet for dinner so I can choke you across the dinner table. Oh, I <laughs> just said, mm-hmm, and I'm, a, I'm disagreeing with you making your Look, point. I'm going to choke you across the dinner table, Les. So you know okay, what, well, Jay? Mm-hmm. Some of the yes, same ma'am. white people mm-hmm. that are really nice and kind and talk and they mm-hmm. act like and they're in an agreement, mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. get with their friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Tell the truth, Vanessa, and send the devil. Well, Vanessa, so, you, you I'm mentioned. Jay, okay. I've been well, right here with you. And, okay, and, Vanessa. Wait, Jay. I yes. travel. I'm going to take a cruise, and 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 they booked. They they booked just so that they can hang out with me. And they're white yes. Republicans, and they booked mm-hmm. just so they can come hang out with me. Let know what, what? that I met this white couple that I really like hanging out with. Remember, Les? And they're Republicans, yep. so I was like, Ness, I don't know how to deal with them because they're Republicans, mm-hmm. but I love hanging out with them. I'm okay. going to go to Vegas mm-hmm. with them. I'm going to okay. Iceland and, and Canada and, and London with them. But you know what? Behind yes. my back, I bet you I'm still a bigger. Yep. But, 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 but hold on. Okay, but go ahead. Stand your place, Mr. Elliott. Stand your place. Well, you Stand know what, but see, the box. Okay, they, okay. That's how they think, no, man. Lord. 
Some, not okay. all of them. Some, some. Okay. I'm not yeah. saying all white people are racist, but the well, majority of Give me your percentage, there, Mr. Well, give me your percentage, Mr. Give me your percentage. I would say, I would say, I would say, I would say, sixty-five to seventy percent of the country. Okay. Okay. All right. So now, so so based on your numbers alone, based on what you're saying, there was if that's the case, based on the numbers that both of you guys are throwing out there, there's no way President Obama wins two terms. Thinking about it from a whole, there's no way he's going to win two terms. Money. No, it's not. No, it's not. And keep and keep it. No, it's not. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. No, let me tell you something. Stop, 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 stop. But that's it. But there's people too. It don't matter. So what? Okay. So what are we saying? We're saying that all white people. I said people. There's no way, based on what you got, the percentages that you guys just threw out there, that he would be a two-term president under the conditions of them gerrymandering and doing the things that you're doing. There are Democrats that are winning when when they are stacking the chips, and we are still winning. So in order for us to win in some places, we have to have an over amount of of participation and, and support. So through all those headwinds, he won two terms. There's no way in a country where 65% or 40% of the people are racist that that can happen. There's no way. Okay. The numbers don't even okay. – the numbers don't jive. Okay. I don't care what you say. The numbers okay. don't jive. Okay, let me just make this point and say this. And M-O-N-E-Y I M-O-N-E-Y the rules, okay. That ain't got there nothing to do with the rules. No, uh, M-O-N-E-Y, M-O-N-E-Y doesn't win elections. Because if that was the case, oh, President Trump would still be president. Oh. No, it doesn't. Oh, he would it, still be president. It, it wins elections. It wins elections. Oh, God, yes. Okay, you're right. Okay, go ahead, Vanessa, make your point. Okay. I disagree. Trump, I disagree. Trump told, you, Trump told you. Trump told you what was going on. When he what did he tell us, Mr. Elias? Your brother, he told Jeb Bush, you said, your brother was so bad that white people voted for him. He voted for Trump before. He said what? That's what he told him. He said your brother was so what? bad that 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 he lost to a black that uh, that your brother was so bad he got a black person elected. He okay, told so what's your point? And it wasn't it. I'm lost. We were in a, we an economic downturn. We were people were getting laid off, and so what would happen when people get laid off? They Still not falling. Solution, no matter black, white, or whatever. Okay, so okay, then okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Then give me. Well, how did you win the second time then? Bush wasn't the president then. Explain because that. One. We, were in, we were in economic upturn. Money rules the oh, world, okay. brother. Okay. All right, Mr. Elliott. So the success. It was, it was burning. I, so I disagree with you. Well, we're going to disagree, dude. Destroy the economy again. We're going to disagree, dude, because we're, we're going to disagree. Because, well, if, if you if you use that philosophy, Mr. Elliott, then how does Trump get, 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 get uh, elected? Because the economy was still booming. It was still in the up course. Hey, so what are you hey, talking hey, about? Because. Because they want to put a white because person. Because of what? Because right now, because he was white, and he was saying all the right stuff that said, Hillary Clinton hey, was white. Get these Negroes, get these, these, these Mexicans are rapists. These Negroes ain't this, this, that, and that. And they, they were saying mm-hmm. that's how he got in. That's how he got in. Okay, so and, let me and break this up. Wait, wait, we'll never okay. agree with this. We will never yeah. agree with this. We're not. We're so not. So I don't know why we're still this. talking about it. And I we're have not. some really good friends that I, I I, we will not, we will never agree with that. And I agree. And I do believe, that, so let's that. just move on with that topic. That ain't, yeah. Let's well, we're moving on to the topic, we might, we might as well, what? Let's say what? Can I do my, can, okay, so, no, no, I ain't saying nothing. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What, let's say what? You know, no, there's a delay, well, so I'm, I don't intentionally talk over you. I was you. trying to say that 
is Jay. I always and I will always believe this and I might be wrong and even my mama okay. told me to remember this. Vanessa, okay. you're all one when you're in the room. But as soon as you leave that room, you're still a nigger to them. And I just remember that. Even when I'm out okay. around and about and I'm hanging out with my friends or whatever. And I, and some of them, Jay, time for a black president. That doesn't mean they wasn't racist. Just like some of them believe that Biden should have just came Listen right out what and you said just he said, though. What you said don't even make sense. If, I'm if, telling if, if you, you what if, the white people well, are telling me. What do you want me to do? Okay. All I can do is. Well, no, you're you saying that the they're not racist because, well, well, they're not racist. They said it's time for a black president. That don't even sound right. To no, me. I didn't say that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm what is, what saying, saying is some white people feel guilty mm. about what happened to black people, and they just felt like it was time for a black president, and they voted for the racist. Him. So and, you and saw the racist people did that too. Mm, I'll, I'll vote for it. Sure. You niggas can't live next to me. You can't live next okay. to me. Nope. You can't live in the same neighborhood I do. You, your kids can't go to the same school my kids go to. We can't do We're have nothing disagree. in common. Uh, well, who is he okay, talking about? Yes, I, I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's talking about. He's just going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Who can't live next door to you and go to school? You don't know who's racist enough that your child can't go to school with. Okay. Well, but, but, well, but see that you contradict, you're contradicting something that you said. Stop. Who? It's time. Who? No. Yeah, there's no, no way not. you can just pinpoint a racist person. Jay, you can't pinpoint a racist person all the time. You cannot. You can't do what? You can't do what? I you can. cannot oh, I pinpoint. Can. Oh, I can just by listening and talking to them. You can tell they got a little catchphrase. You cannot phrases. pinpoint a racist white person or black person. All Baby, the time. The you first thing that say, that the first thing that say, I got black friends. Okay. All right, uh, the music's on. That means we have to go. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. February is Black History Month, and every Sunday this uh, month we're going to feature uh, during Kavita time in four minutes or less. Uh, black History Moment. So coming up next, it's Kavita time right here on the, on the TGRS. Oh boy. Network three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're starting off with a bang. We'll be right back after this. Welcome to Moments in Black History. I'm Adrian Bell, and today we honor Claudette Coven. Before Rosa Parks' courageous December 1955 disobedience that led to the Montgomery bus boycotts, there was Claudette Coven. The bright-eyed teenager had been studying black leaders like Harriet Tubman in her segregated school. Conversations among students led to a new awareness of the Jim Crow law and its enforcement that plagued the South. It was a warm March second day in Montgomery, Alabama, when 15-year-old Claudette Coven refused to move to the back of the bus. That day, the white section filled up, leaving one white woman standing. The driver ordered four black students to relinquish their seats. Three students sitting in Coven's row got up, but Coven refused. We've been studying the Constitution. I knew I had rights, Coven stated. Coven later stated, I felt like 
Sojourner Truth was on one side pushing me down, and Harriet Tubman was on the other side pushing me down. I couldn't get up. Claudette Coven was arrested and placed in a Montgomery jail. She was one of four women who legally challenged the segregation law as a plaintiff in the Browder v. Gale lawsuit. Coven joined Aurelia Browder, Susie McDonald, and Mary Louise Smith in a landmark case in which the women sued Montgomery Mayor W.A. Gale for enforcing segregation policies on the city's bus system. A U.S. District Court ruled that the enforced segregation of black and white passengers on motor buses operating in the city of Montgomery violated the Constitution and the laws of the United States, citing that the conditions deprived people of equal protection under the 14th Amendment. The court ordered Montgomery and the state of Alabama to discontinue the operation of segregated buses. The city and state appealed to the United States Supreme Court, yet on November 13, 1956, the Supreme Court affirmed the lower court's ruling officially desegregating Alabama's bus system. Claudette Coven was one of a few women who made strides toward fair and equitable treatment of black Americans. However, the 1950s black civil rights organizations felt that Rosa Parks represented their cause better than a teenager. Furthermore, Rosa Parks was well-respected and served as secretary of the NAACP. Claudette Colvin was honored in 2019 with one of four granite markers that flanked a Rosa Parks statue in Montgomery, Alabama. Claudette Colvin left Montgomery in the late 1950s due to employment difficulties and being branded as a troublemaker. Claudette Colvin settled in New York City, where a Bronx Street corner was recently named in her honor. She remains in New York today. Claudette Colvin, a foot soldier in the civil rights movement that ended segregated buses in Alabama. Online radio at its best. Welcome back, 347-850-1272. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It's the Sunday morning roundtable, of course, the first Sunday of every month where our panelists bring topics to the table. And so it is time to talk about what's on Vanessa's mind this morning. So, Vanessa... What will we be talking about during this segment of the show? First of all, I want to say that I sent you guys a picture of the pilot mm-hmm. for Rose Park who took her body to the rotunda. And I was in Baltimore, Maryland, when the plane came in because the pilots that took her body to the rotunda were the top three black um, pilots and the top three black light attendants, they brought her body into the rotunda in, from Southwest Airlines. And I got to go down to see the, um, I got a picture of it too, to see her casket and to meet the pilot. And I took a picture with them. And that's the picture that I just sent you guys so y'all could see that I was a part of that history. So anyway. Um, well, that's good. You know what? Let me I, ask you this. Do you do I have your permission to post it on our Instagram page? Sure. Okay. Just want to make sure because sometimes people are like y'all oh, talk about pictures and we. Don't okay, so we're gonna post I was it. really young, y'all. That was twenty years ago. I mean, I'm just oh, saying. I was go. really young okay. and really thin, but yeah. Well, so, no, yeah, that's the problem. That up. 
Well, it's, it's interesting. You know what, Vanessa? It's interesting, you know, uh, uh, just a few minutes just to elaborate on that story. You know, I'd always heard that there was really another young woman who started the, the, the boycott and that uh, the reason why the NAACP wanted uh, Rosa Parks because they felt that she was a better representation. But it was a teenage girl, and you just heard the story. So all of my phone. See, I didn't know that either. I didn't, did, did they said it during the story. They didn't want her to be of it. They were ashamed of her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, there you go. Uh, once again, every every week here uh, during the month of February, you will hear during Kavina time uh, another Black History moment. So, all right, Vanessa. So, what are we talking about uh, for this segment? Okay, I'm straightening up the picture because I just ran in that room, that little room hidden behind mirrors, and took and grabbed a snapshot. Anyway, I'll send you a better. <laughs> so, um, my topic is, and I want to surprise y'all. <laughs> I love it, man. I do. Oh, boy. Wow. The room that's hit down. Wow. Wow. She goes back to the house. She has, a hot, she has like a bat cave. You remember, like, in the 60s, they I walked do. behind this freaking bat. They walked behind a bookcase, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, same thing in Vanessa's house. The house of Mason. So, oh, boy. Yes. It's a one-story, just plain house, y'all. Don't listen to him. Yeah, well, but don't, anyway, don't, don't listen to that nonsense. Topic, I wanted to... I wanted to surprise y'all because I never well, thought we were surprised. Was with y'all. Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about your house because I was figuring El no, Chapo, you know, they had to use the blueprints in your house to escape from prison, all that stuff you got going on over there. <laughs> Go ahead, Vanessa. I'm sorry. Stop it. Yes. El yes, Chapo <laughs> this morning was talking about, and I thought, I said, oh, that's going to be my topic. So yes. I never talked sports. Let's talk about the fact that we only have one black coach. Mr. Tomlin left in the NFL. Let's talk about the fact that no black group of people have gotten together to buy in because the white NFL people who own now are the ones who make the decision as to who gets to buy in. Let's talk about the fact that there are black people here in Houston, Texas, and in the surrounding area that pays taxes for these NFL teams. And guess what? None of them are owned by black people. Let's talk about that. I thought that well, was I mean, an interesting topic. Well, there it is. This is a great opportunity to introduce the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Good morning, Jerome. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm sorry. I'm clearing my throat. I thought you guys were on mute. Hey, I wasn't trying to get in. <laughs> good morning, Jerome. <laughs> hey, good morning, man. Well, well, let's talk about it. Every year uh, we, you know, we touch on this because this is not powerhouse sports talk radio, but uh, we uh, we touch on this because of the fact that what it represents. Here's a league that has 70% African-Americans participants, and you have one black coach. And so I'm glad you brought it up because it's something that I'd like to spend some time talking about. And the fact that you have no black ownership, uh, you do have a few black general managers. Um, but, you know, when the Rooney Rule first was put into place, we talked about this on, you know, on the Jay Rouse show and definitely on Powerhouse Sports Talk Radio, how I, I, all along I felt that that was just a sham rule. And, and that the fact that, oh, you have to, you have to interview one minority uh, uh, candidate. Now, let me say this. I guess I can't get upset with the fact that they implemented it because at least – we had black folks being interviewed where before 
you know, it was up in the air. So I guess it, it, it played some role. It's similar to the don't ask, don't tell rule, right? People, when the don't ask, don't tell rule first came into to, to effect in the military, we really celebrated because, you know, being a military service member, if a person, if a commander asked you if you were gay, you had to answer that question. And so now the rule put in place said, nope, you don't have to answer. Now, during the years, it was twisted to, Twisted into well, you know, they I can't be who I am. But remember, the rules put in place to try to give gay folks the opportunity to serve. So going back to the Rooney Rule, the Rooney Rule, same thing. Let's get some black folks in front of some owners. But when you look at it, it was a sham process. It was flawed from the very beginning. And Brian Flores, Mr. Les, let me go to let me hear from Jerome on this. Uh, Brian Flores. Uh, Jerome exposed it, especially when it came to the interview with the New York Giants when they had, you know, Bill Belichick (laughs) screwed this whole thing up. He sends Brian Flores a a text congratulating him on the job. But what he didn't realize was the guy who they hired was a guy by the name of, what's his name? It's Brian DePlore, whatever his name is. So he's, yeah. Okay, him, yeah. So, so, Belichick sent the text to the wrong guy. So now this is two days before, you know, uh, uh, Flores is supposed to interview for the job. So mm-hmm. once again, they were doing this to meet a quota. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, affirmative action too, because they're going to definitely get rid of that with the way the court is stacked. But I've digressed. So, Jerome, let's talk about this particular topic. So once again, Flores has uh, exposed some things that we already knew that was going on. Now, a lot of people think, and I'm not one of those people, think that this is going to be that watershed moment for the NFL because now they're going to have to produce documentation. I don't think so. I just think he's going to get cabernacky, you know, cabernacked. And I, I just don't see how this is going to be a big deal. But a lot of people are saying, nope, because of the fact that they have to produce information now during discovery, and I do understand how important discovery is, I still don't think it's going to make a big difference. You tell me if I'm wrong. Nope, it's not going to make a big difference. They're going to, se- they're going to settle this one. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up. Yep. They're going to settle it. It's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. Okay, so anytime you try to break a system, it's mm-hmm. more, it's more to their advantage to settle out of court. It's kind of what they did to Kaepernick. So they, you know, banned him. Because here's how, here's how, you know, in my opinion, how rich people think to begin with. Whatever the problem is, they'll just buy you off, and they'll ban you from speaking about it. You know, that whole Trump mm-hmm. thing, sign an NDA or whatever. So they didn't have sure. to rectify the situation with Colin Kaepernick, for example. They paid him off, right, mm-hmm. so they didn't have to expose themselves during discovery about what they're doing behind the scenes. And they paid him off, so they settled. So everybody's like, okay, we straight. We go a couple of years with black people kind of boycotting um, football, and now – the Super Bowl, the biggest game on the planet for them, they're like, hey, we got Dr. Dre and Mary J and all of them doing the Super Bowl halftime. You got black people participating in the same thing that they're, while they're still oppressing black folks, right? And so they, they have a way of just kind of smoothing that out, and they, they um, rode out the storm. So I don't have any confidence in this because we don't hold them accountable. The first thing right. that black people should have held – the NFL accountable for was that banning of Janet Jackson and letting that white dude who pulled her thing off, letting that dude skate. They banned her from the Grammys like two months later because the white dude pulled off her 
thing. Just until the NFL like, yeah. never is going to advocate for nobody of color ever because those billionaires who own those teams can't be held accountable to anybody else but themselves. So until they get sued that they break up the NFL in a in an antitrust kind of way, then mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen. So they do everything at all costs to not have discovery. Because if you see, like, it's not a, it's not a, that we don't know what systemic racism is. It's exposing mm-hmm. it becomes embarrassing so that it, it makes the courts react. Because there are mm-hmm. things that you just cannot do when you get a federal tax exemption. That league is, is, they're not looked at as a monopoly because they have approval for their federal mm-hmm. tax exemption in the, in the NFL. But once they become, right. um, what do you call it? Once they are defined as a, um, um, I can't even think of the word now. But once once they're defined as being a monopoly, then the federal can step in with any of the employees have a have a lawsuit. So that's mm. what they keep fighting. So they're they're a monopoly who are masking as a not for profit with a bunch of billionaires that own it. If he goes through discovery, wow. they'll find mm. out how linked they are, and they're banning people and. And other teams, like when you want to get Kaepernick out of the league, the other teams who are sorry and don't have a quarterback won't get Kaepernick. You know that they're making phone calls. So there's well, yeah. a monopoly in there, and they're not going to let that come out during discovery. Yeah, so maybe that's what they're talking about there, Mr. Elias. Maybe they're talking about the fact that you know, the NFL is going to – see, that's the reason why I say it's not going to do anything because, once again, like Jerome just said, they're going to pay them off. But let me ask you this question because this is something that we've always said. You know, people talk about how popular the NFL is, and I've always said this. When they say, oh, you're the world – you know, Tom, you know, Tom Brady's a seven-time world champion. No, you're not. You're a – you're a Super Bowl champion because football's not played worldwide like basketball, right? Basketball, contrary to popular belief, from a global standpoint, is a more popular sport than the NFL. But, you know, Americans think we rule everything, so they want to, you know, put football up there. However, I've digressed. Here's the deal, because we talk about the NBA and how the NBA players force change and some of the things that they do. Is it time to start looking at these NFL teams and some of these NFL players and saying, look, why don't y'all step up to the plate? There's, you know, there's power in numbers. What if you guys decide to do what the NBA players did when they got rid of, uh, you know, old boy from the Clippers? In the NFL, in fairness in the NFL, they did get rid of uh, Jacksonville's owner. They forced him out after some, some, some serious allegations. But the move with the Clippers, as far as I'm concerned, is because – they, you know, the league got word that LeBron James and some of the boys in the league were like, look, if he ain't out of here by this date, we're not playing on this day. So is it time for the players to step up and say, look, we need to control this. We need to send a message. If you're not going to hire some of us, then we're not going to play for the, for the white coaches. And it, it has been time. It, it has been over time for them to do that. But, but see, sometimes this, this fall – but, but let me ask you this. How does this not fall on the black-on-black crime? You, you don't think that we – You and I'm just asking a question because sometimes, you know, why we – you know, I know there's been times where we say, look, why are we blaming them? Why, why they got to do something? So you think the players should step up and say it's time for us to start boycotting and stop playing because you need to give our people an opportunity to represent teams, to be the head guy? Do you think it's that time? Oh, um, 
most definitely I think it's time, but how many of us would walk off our jobs that that, that we feed our family with with uh, if they were doing uh, some of the same stuff? I fight for it every day at my job. You know, I just recommended a young, young man, and uh, they didn't hire him, and I asked him why. I said, was it because he was black? And my boss said, I, I don't want to have this conversation. I said, well, that tells me because he was black. That's the reason he didn't hire him. That, that tells yeah. me everything. So now, that, well, so now I'm going to human resources uh-huh. to talk to people. I'm going to human resources exa- to talk. What am I doing? That's a good example. But, but, but what are you going to do? Are you going to walk off the job if they don't, you're going to refuse to yeah, work? But they, they, I mean, there's, 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 ways, there's ways to fight it. There's definitely ways to fight it. But, but, but wait a minute. But, 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 but let me ask you this, though, because if they walk off the job and do those types of things, they don't get paid. So I get are we? That's why I said that there's ways around it. There's ways around that. They so what do, do you suggest they that they all, should do? They can do, they can do, they can do protests. They can all do protests. If every, if every black person oh. got in there and, and did the protest, like Colin Kaepernick took the knee, how, how, how did that upset the NFL? See, see, what upset the NFL was that they were losing money because people wouldn't come. People say, if you don't stop this stuff, we're going we're gonna to stop coming to these games. We're going to stop watching it. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop that. Well, hey, man, you stop it, you stop it. My contract is guaranteed when I step on that field. My contract, is, my contract is guaranteed. As a but work. it's a workplace, though. So let me, but it's a workplace. So, so once again, how do you suggest – because, like you said, the situation is happening at your job. Man, we're running out of time on this segment. I'll tell you what. Let, let me ask this question real quick. Jerome, you're coming up in the next segment, man. Do you have something you want to talk about? Um, no, but I probably will figure something out before the next segment. I guess. Okay, well, we have two more segments left then. Let, let, me ask, let me ask permission. Can we push you back to the, to the fourth segment? I want to continue this conversation on the other side because we're running out of time. I, I want to talk about this. Uh, so we'll step out take a break right here. Um, because this is intriguing, and I like where it's going. And so Jerome is going to let us ball his segment. We'll push it back one. And, uh, yeah, I want to talk about this some more. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. It is the serious side on a beautiful but cold Sunday. It is also Black History Month. It is time for our first edition of Mariana Music's Corner. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Vanessa, good topic. Can't wait to get into it. 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress, and so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. Together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction.
on it, yeah, I promise. I graduated from the ways now the only men I see are setting pace. See, I could settle down, but now I couldn't be a trophy. Got my own dreams, not a possession you could never ever own me. We're fine with falling in love because I'm lonely. Would it be easier if I was eating never heard? Caged up like a little bird. That looking pretty never said a word. If I was eating never heard. If I couldn't live without a man. Never think of when I gave a damn. That looking pretty never said a word. If you don't wanna back it, let's stop the racket. Go our separate ways right now. Get to packing, cause there ain't a point in dragging this out. When I don't even like what's happening now. See, I could settle down, but no, I couldn't be a trophy. Wanna give me a word, but never show me. Think you figured me out before you know me. It's the serious side of the J. Riles Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, it is the first Sunday of the month. Every first Sunday, it is the uh, Sunday Morning Roundtable, where our distinguished panelists bring topics to the table that that we uh, talk about and you know, Vanessa brought us very good with it. So we're going to continue that conversation on the other side. We're talking about the lack of diversity in the NFL. You know, Brian Flores, the former Miami Dolphins head coach, sued the NFL. And when he sued the NFL, the one of the lines, and I, I don't have it in front of me. I'm just being irresponsible for not having that in front of me, so I apologize. But I'm going to paraphrase here. He talks about how the fact that he knows that by him suing the NFL, there's a possibility that he may never, ever, 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 ever get a job again. A term that we affectionately call cabernet, right? But he said, you know what, I'm doing this for the greater good. And at the end of the day, if me not having the ability to coach the game, and he said, God gave me the ability to coach the game of football, by him not having that ability anymore, by him making this, by him, in other words, becoming a sacrificial lamb, right, for the greater good, then it'd be worth it. So we're going to continue the conversation. So, Ms. Elias, 
what I was trying to get out of you and what I'm still trying to get out of you to a certain degree, we talked about how the NFL, that, well, the NBA, and I remember us having these conversations. And, you know, Jerome was playing, you know, uh, fight the power in the background as we were talking about this, how NBA players forced the hand of the NBA and said, look, either you deal with Donald Sterling or we going to deal with it. You handle it or we going to handle it. And so we're saying now is it time for the NFL players to do the same thing? Because, yeah, you had a few players take a knee, but I can't remember a massive protest or the rumors of a massive, of a, of a, of a massive protest among NFL players. Because you're asking these young men basically to, you know, sacrifice their livelihood in order for them to, you know, warrant change. So is it unfair? Yeah, but but they they sold them out too, remember? So people like Dak Prescott was like, I'm going to be the leader of the That's team true. and mm-hmm. we should stick together or we should all not stay in the locker room because we right. got an obligation. To the, like they were, they, were, they were disjointed. But what happened in, yeah. the, NFL, yeah. in the NBA, the NBA was a little bit different because the superstars at the NBA, them dudes was about to walk out. The superstars right. in the NFL was like, nope, I ain't doing it. Well, but, and here's the other part of that, too. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, because the league did come out and say that, you know, if you don't want us to come out on the field for the national anthem, that's your business. But Jerry Jones is like, this is why I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys. And Jerry Jones is like, oh, no, this is a workplace. Y'all going to go out there on the field, Negroes. Get up out of here and go on out there. And Dak Prescott now, what would he has to say, hmm? What would happen if Dak and uh, Ezekiel just said, I'm not going out there? Now what are you going to well, do? I don't, we don't, we'll never know. Run I don't your, know. I mean, run, well, run I don't your, know. Run your damn offense without us. Run your damn well, offense without us. Yeah, we yeah, know what well, he's not going to do. He ain't going to trade him. That's mm-hmm. true. We know but, not you know, that, so they would have had to get a but, backbone. Right. But when we say get a backbone, okay, so this is a job for these guys. So let's just put it into our real lives. And Mr. Elias, you brought up a prime example. I apologize for the frog on my throat. I don't have any water next to me. Um, you brought up a prime example. So the situation that happened at your job, and this is the reason why I wanted to extend this, the situation that happened at your job, you said that the reason why they're not doing this is because they're not home because he was black, and then you got that response from your manager or whoever his, whatever his title is, and then you said, okay, I'm taking it to HR. So my mm-hmm. question once again is, but you're not going to come on your job and take a knee. You're not going to protest on your on the, on your company's uh, property. You're not going to not show up to work because that's going to affect your livelihood. So what way, what uh, avenue uh, do you yeah, suggest uh, for these guys? Well, I do. I, I do protest in my own way. <laughs> well, well, okay, well, okay. Well, they I'm cannot wait for you to retire, troublemaker. They just can't wait for you. Hey, I'm, I'm just not as fast as I used to be. There's ways to do no. things. Well, I'm you know, what well, hell, I protest every day. You need me to hustle, huh? me to hustle and get that thing done. <laughs> yeah, you need well. me to hustle, and it, it, you need me to hustle and get it done. I, I, can't, I, I can't see myself getting that. How long is it going to take you to do that? Oh, it would take me 30 minutes. It would take me three, four hours now. That's, that's okay, the well, thing you can do. That's your protest. Okay, I just call that shaman, but that you know I've digressed. Okay, so anyway, how? Okay, so how does it? Okay, so then once again, how do we expect 
these young African-American athletes to step up to the plate and force, and force change in their league. Because we always talk about powers and numbers. And if every last one of them walked out, on, if, if all of them said, look, I'll tell you what we're not going to do. Next Sunday, we're not playing. We're not going out there. Do you know what type of, of, of tidal wave that that would cause the NFL? Think about all the Sunday mm-hmm. morning shows that lead up to these games. Think about all the television advertising. Think about the major networks. What will they do with all that time? They will throw a huge monkey wrench in this process. So why do they not do it? Is it they don't care? They don't want to lose their money? I mean, what is it? Yeah. I don't think they want to lose their money, to be honest. I money believe that. The they world, lose their money. Yes, it does. Okay, so yes, all right, does. so then so the statement that we made a long time ago, I know I remember making it on the serious side, and I'm not sure how many of the original I'm not sure if we still had original cast members here. I don't remember. But I remember making a statement uh on the serious side about how for me and I'm gonna have to change this, I'm gonna revise it a little bit, but I said this a few years back, probably maybe six years ago. I talked about how are we youth today versus the youth back in the 60s. Youth back in the 60s, when they stepped outside and protested, they knew that they was going to get the business. Matter of fact, when you, you know, what, what, is, uh, John, what did John Lewis say on that faithful day, that, that bloody Sunday, when he had in his backpack? Because he didn't think he was coming back. Mm-hmm. Remember, he talked about how he thought he was going to die that day. And I remember saying yeah. back then, well, we prefer the youth of today versus the youth of yesteryear. But that's before George Floyd. And so, you know, the youth, in my opinion, well, during the George Floyd situation and all that, they stepped up. I, I really think that they stepped up. You saw a lot of young white kids out there saying, well, we ain't putting up with this mess no more. These are, these are our friends, and we're not going to do it. So, and that's this the is reason why they don't want to be discussing it in school, Jay. That's the exact reason. Oh, look how you it. put that together. Ooh, because they're saying, look, if if they acted like this doing the George Floyd situation, just because yep. they got a good dose of what we've been doing to them people all the time, they may turn on us. Yep. Oh, look at you, how you put that together. Okay, I'm with you. All right. What were you Mar- saying, Mr. Elliott? Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch was the perfect example of what the NFL players <laughs> should be. Marshawn Lynch, he went to press. He would talk about uh. everything else besides the game. <laughs> and what did Marshawn Lynch do? No, he do? didn't. I got enough money. I saved up my money. I ain't spending my money. I quit. Now I can come back no, no, and get ready. Well, no, what? Marshawn Lynch. But see, you—that's the wrong example because Marshawn Lynch is the complete opposite. He showed up, and all he said was, "Look, I'm here because I don't get fined." <laughs> that was his it. response to everything. Protest. That was his protest. He didn't want. Yeah. He didn't want to. He didn't want to talk to the press. He didn't want to talk about the game. I'm only here because I don't want to get fined. And what what would the NFL do after that? If, 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 he, if all the NFL players showed up and said, I just showed up here because I don't want to get fined. Nah, and they eat potato chips. Yeah, but that's the biggest game. That's the big, but that's for the biggest game and one of the biggest events in, in you know in American culture. So it won't work every Sunday. You're talking about having an immediate impact, like immediately, right? So mm-hmm. so what do they do? So what if they all stepped out and said, you know, we're not playing this Sunday. None of us. None of us are playing. We'll sacrifice one paycheck, one game's check. We're not playing because we want to. So is it time, Vanessa, since this is your topic, 
is it time for those young players to be held accountable? Because we're talking about every other system in place. We're talking about the NFL. We're talking about all these different things. But we talk about this on the show a lot, how we had all those Negroes on those plantations, and you only had a small amount of white folks. But like folks said, the white folks had the guns. So who's going to get shot in order to, for the better good for everybody else? Nobody want to take that bullet. So it's just the same thing, right? Nobody wants to take that bullet. They don't want to step up and, and call and, and create change. So, 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 when is it time for us to stop pointing the, the, the finger at NFL players? You know what? They should step up, but it's not just they're going to be fine. A lot of them, and brother, you okay. think they're really, really. I'm sorry. No, I just said okay. Even I'm agreeing with you. Okay. Really, really rich, Jay. They can't afford to miss a paycheck and get fined because they will get fined. But it's not. I don't doubt about it. Yeah, I get it. They don't want it stuck on their name that they did it, Jay. That's the big but thing. If all, but wait a minute. Hold, but hold on, Vanessa. If all of them do it. Yeah, but if all of them do it, I mean, to me, that's not significant. If, if every last one of them. You can't get point. all well, you're proving my point. That's what I'm asking you. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So it's the time to stop pointing fingers at them. Absolutely. Okay. What about you, Jerome? You think it's time to start blaming them? I mean, it's, look, listen, it's it's your league, you know, you're the people that's out there playing. If you want to force change, are you even? do you even care about change? You know, I got my 10 cars in the garage. I got my big house. I the heck I want to. I got money. I don't care about that stuff. Is it time for them to start stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, look, and not only at the professional level, but from the collegiate level as well? Do you say, look, we have power. If we don't, if they don't play one Sunday, they will cause a financial earthquake up in these jokes if they don't do that. Right. But, okay, so – to Vanessa's point that some of we're only thinking about the superstars who have all of that money because your shelf life in the NFL, what is about three years, maybe. And so some of them don't have the money to do that. So I think that when you start really pressing um, a league like that, where you have such a short um, career that it takes people on the outside to press them. So I think that that's our responsibility externally, too, to give them some cover. Everything is not about, you know, taking a bullet for somebody. Nobody, you should never go into a protest thinking I might have to. You, I mean, you can say I might have to take one, but you should not go in there thinking that you do have to take one. Because if all of us are together, it does not make sense. Nobody's going to mass murder um, a bunch of people on TV and act like they're okay. I mean, we know this country. We know how... You know, if you were around during the time that they did the um, Occupy Wall Street stuff, white folks, uh, right. police officers spraying pepper mm-hmm. spray on white folks. Like, they didn't give a rat. It is a us-against-them mentality. But at some point, you get tired. And that's why when um, Flores, um, when he said, you know what, I'm suing them, and I realize I might not ever work in this league again, he's, people get tired. So when people do that, when they sacrifice, we need to rally around the person that does the sacrifice and stop letting them go into obscurity. 
We need to do that, right? So we need to support Kaepernick and whatever he does because he took a shot for everybody else. So even the minor changes that they start to make inside of a system that's oppressing people, then we externally need to make them pay, right? We need to – Dre and those guys, again, for me, should be like to the NFL, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring Janet Jackson on our halftime show, and we're not doing it. No black person should ever perform without having Janet Jackson do a guest appearance. You ban her if you want, but if you ban her, you're banning all of us. Right? That that takes nothing from them to do because we need to integrate her back into that. So, yeah, some people need to take a stand. You can do it collectively, but sometimes you can't since it's such a short shelf life. Some of them barely made the team. You get traded at the drop of a dime. So if the if the top guys don't participate with you, you're they're leaving you hanging. You know, Kaepernick was starting when he did that, right? He was a starting quarterback. But if he mm-hmm. would have done that, he was a bench player, the cameras would have ignored him. You know, that it's a systemic problem, so they wouldn't even mention that he's taking a knee. They wouldn't show the cameras over there at all. They wouldn't have asked him why he was taking the knee, and then they would have ignored him. You know, so I know LES brought this up a long time ago, but um, um, I'm sorry I can't remember his name. Chris Jackson played yeah, for LES. Yeah, Raul Mau. Yeah. Raul Mau. Yes. Yes. He he Cold, from the stand that he took. Everybody acts like he didn't. Everybody act like Charlie Ward didn't get um got you know, dismissed from the Knicks when he said something about Jewish folks and he was like, Look, you know what I mean? Black people can't tell the truth. We can't highlight or express anything because just exposing any of them systemically, you, my friend, as the only person will get banned. Not all of your friends. So you can't stand up by yourself. You know, again, critical race theory. White folks redefine what critical race theory is. They think it's something that is not just to hate on something. So anytime you think about telling the truth about their history, it's just critical race theory. Right? They blow it off. They have a a term now to blow truth off. They're good at this stuff. So, you know, there has to be another way. And I know, you know, not just because we're in Black History Month, but we need mm-hmm. to understand that uniformly across the board that when something needs to change in the system, black folks need to flat withdraw themselves. Jerome, can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jay, hit the you music. You just cut the music on me. <laughs> well, Vanessa, uh, go ahead. Ooh, excuse me. Go ahead, Vanessa. Go ahead. You got a couple of minutes. Go ahead, real okay, quick. Okay, so Jerome. I'm just mm-hmm. going to ask you a quick question from something that was said earlier today. So, Jerome, you are out there in the world working and dealing and being around white people. So, mm-hmm. do you not think, Jerome, that even though they like us when we're all in the room and they're talking to us and la la la. But as soon as the black person leaves the room, they still feel that we are a nigga. Do you feel like, do you think that's true? Now, hold on, hold on, Jerome, before you answer that, Jerome, 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 before you answer that, you know, we do have a lot of time. Vanessa, hold on. We do have, you know, coming up next, we introduce ourselves. We have time there. Why don't you save your answer and you can give it during that segment. We have plenty of time during that segment. So let's step out. You heard the question. I can't wait to hear what Jerome has to say as well. Part two of Mariana Music's <laughs> Corner is coming up next. 
Jerome will answer the question. That's that tease. I love it. We'll be right back after this. It's the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Try to be patient, real love will save me I know 
It's the serious out on a beautiful Sunday. Jay Rowell in the house, along with Vanessa May Bell, with Mr. Elias and Jerome Esprit. Let's say good morning to my peeps. What's going on, Vanessa? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning. Happy first Sunday, communion Sunday to everybody. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you something. That does your church serve like wine or grapefruit juice? Or grape juice? It's a little grape juice in the cup with a little piece of cracker. You know, when I was, uh, I don't think with a little piece of what? Pepper. Cracker. Oh. The bread. Oh, you mean a little thing. Yeah, yeah, I got it. All right, so I remember when I was a Lutheran, you know, as a Lutheran, you know, we'd get, like, real wine, like kids. I'm like, man, I can't wait to communion come. That's my first taste of some liquor. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> What's going on, Jerome, man? Welcome in. Good morning. What's wow. up, Lutheran? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I was a Lutheran. I'm not Lutheran. <laughs> no, 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 I know. <laughs> I'm good. All right. What's up, Miss Elias? Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, with sister. Good morning, Mary and the Music. And Mary and the Music, that first song was by Etta Bond and Chris Loco, and it was seen and never heard. And that last one was by Jesse J, and the name of it is Four Letter Word. Good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, one of my brother Jerome. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind, sir? Yes, we got uh, Covina Man that's in there with us, and our very own rich sister. What's up, Jackie? Yeah. I want to say what's up. You know, Hawk was listening last week. I, you know, I, I have to follow the sword, man. I, he sent in a comment or uh, remarks to one of our topics, and I didn't even see it until after the show. And he was like, man, man, man. Oh, oh dude. So, Hawk, I'm, I apologize. I'm going to read it sometime during the rest. At some point during the show, I'll read the comments. I'll pull them up. Uh, but, man, Hawk was in the house. Appreciate that. I want to say what's up to the pastor. He's in the house. What's up, Mary? The music, she's not listening live, but she did reach out during the week. What's up, girl? Looking good. Um, I wanted to post. She sent some pictures. And I asked her, can I share those? On the site, she said no. <laughs> so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, why didn't you send them to me then? But, uh, you know, then whatever. You told on uh, her. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, <laughs> you cannot. I just wanted to show you what she was up to. So she's always she's doing her thing. God bless her. Thank you, sweetie, for listening. I also want to say what's up to Raymond, to uh, Rachel, uh, to Jesse, uh, man, Franklin, there's so many people listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you. Now, before the break, yes, Mr. Elias. Uh, you, you've robbed us of, uh, of something, man. And I, I just want to bring it out. Uh, what I just, you didn't tell us how you, you had COVID last week. You mentioned that, but you didn't tell us how yeah. you were doing from your COVID. You know? Oh, I didn't know that. 
Okay, I missed oh. that. Right. Oh well, yeah, doing? I had COVID, but Good I'm feeling great. I, how you doing, man? Well, well, I appreciate that. Uh, I bet I didn't get a phone call from you, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, I am doing great. I talk to the most important person in your household. I don't care about you. How about that? <laughs> I, I, I talk to her every morning. <laughs> your, your dirty loadout snake in the grass. So yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I talk to her uh, every morning. Every morning, uh, I talk to her. Uh, the wonder she's you crying when I get up in the morning. I didn't, I didn't realize that was going on. She has tears in her eyes every time I walk by. Now I don't like. Oh God, got my mama crying in the morning. All right, uh, but to get back to what you just said, listen, I did have COVID, uh, but. Uh, I did have COVID, and uh, but I tested negative on uh, Tuesday. I mean Sunday. I'm sorry, Tuesday of last week. So I feel great. Never really felt any of the symptoms. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, so I'm just you know blessed, and I appreciate everyone's uh, you know well wishes and things of that nature. Appreciate that. Thank you, Miss Elliot, for bringing that up. So now, Jerome, Vanessa okay. asked you a question before the break. So uh, would you like to answer that question now? Okay. So, okay, although, re- recap it, she wanted to know um, if what? I just want to recap it for, for the audience generally. Ask All right, Vanessa, go ahead and ask him again. So, that, okay. well, yeah, that's good radio. Yes. Earlier in the show, Jerome, before you got here, we were talking about the subject of some white people that are in your face, they're your friends, you like them. You're not the best of friends, but you like them. So I was telling Jay that my mom told me that you can be friends with white people and they can be very good to you, but as soon as you walk out the room, you are still a nigga to them. So I always am very conscious of that. What do you think about that? I believe that is true, right? That people, there's a difference of knowing that explicit bias and, 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 and racism in white folks don't come it comes with their comfort and their authority, right? So just remember, white folks love people who were slaves like they love their pets. They'll talk to you, they'll befriend you, and when you leave, you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes because they've always done that. That sense of compassion is something that we always have to question because it always turns around and bites us in the butt. That you're like, oh, I didn't know that it was racist. No, they liked you. It didn't mean they liked black people. So, oh, yeah. there you go. There you go. Right, they because like you can be bilingual. That you can be bilingual. You can be enough. You can assimilate white folks enough that they're okay with you. That's why white people say stuff like, you know what, you're not like everybody else. And it's like, what does that mean? That means you're not like the impression of black people that I hate. We don't, we don't look at white folks and say, you ain't like the other white people. Why do they say that? It's coming from someplace. It's what racists do. You're not like them. So they're telling you, like LES said earlier, they are, you can tell if somebody's racist. Just because, they, just because they like you don't mean that they don't have a bias against black people. Just because you have compassion or you have, um, you know, the gene of Solomon in you, that don't mean that they have it. So but my have to comment be- to that saying that Jerome was you can't always look at a white person or hold a conversation Mm -hmm. 
with a stop list or hold a conversation with a white person and automatically know if they're a racist because they are very, very good at playing that game that they like you and I'm not a racist and I'm this and this. And then when you walk out the room, they'll, they'll say all kinds of stuff about you. And it's not necessarily that they send because you – a lot of it is just because you're black. So, well, let me ask you some. Let me ask you a question, Vanessa. Vanessa, let me ask you a question. And Vanessa, I'm sorry, Jerome, we were kind of bleeding into your your segment. But Vanessa, let me ask you something. What if your white friends heard you on this show? Would they look at you in a different light? Would they say, "Oh my God, she really don't like us. Friends, she ain't with us." My white friends are on my Facebook page, and I, I am sure uh-huh. that they have something to say about uh-huh. what I say on my uh-huh. Facebook page. Now, no, I'm the saying, new no, no. ones that I just, no, uh-huh. but the new ones I just recently met. Yeah. I'm sure that they're gonna be like, "What?" So we have agreed not to uh-huh. talk politics. Uh-huh. We have agreed not to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't care what you think. To be honest. Yeah, I I didn't I'll post that, the show page to my Facebook page, so if somebody want to listen that I know, they are they are more than welcome to listen. Well, I didn't ask you because everybody knew who you are, so I didn't even <laughs> ask you. All right, so anyway, all right, Jerome, man, it's uh, it's you, you're on the clock, man. We've taken well, three minutes of your time. Why would I care oh, about what they see on my Facebook page? Jay? I didn't ask. You. I just asked you a que- I just asked you a question. You said that how they Do smile they in your face. Well, you, you <laughs> just said that. No, you just said that, you know, white people, they smile on your face and all of a sudden when they, but you said, but I guarantee when I walk away, they're calling me the N-word. So my question is, what if they heard you the way you talk about white folks sometimes on this show? Do you think they'd be looking at you? Can they say the same thing about you? Like, oh, she and I face smiling, but boy, as soon as she get off the soup, boy, I just heard her talk about us on, on some podcast. Oh, I am so sure. Even a lot of Southwest people have just okay. been like, oh, my God, they have blocked me. They have sent me messages. Vanessa, I cannot believe that you're like, oh, please. Oh, I've been doing that for a long time. All right, you're stealing. Uh, Jerome, we have taken almost four minutes of your segment, sir. Uh, what do you want to talk about, man? We'll extend it a little bit because Vanessa just, you know, she's stealing this morning. So what's, what's on your mind this morning, brother? What do you want to talk what? about? Okay. You're stealing this morning. You guys about this, but yes. I want to talk about this whole Joe Rogan thing, right? I, I yeah, did have this yeah. on, Ooh, on the news. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so for those who don't know, Joe Rogan it has a podcast. He's a comedian right. and whatever. He used to host that. What's that show? Um, uh, it, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. You just see when you said that. I just I remember Jay Chappelle doing a skit where you have to yeah. eat like, snails or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It was uh, Fear oh, Factor. Yeah. Fear Factor, yeah. So, so that's the only thing I know Joe Rogan from. But apparently yeah. Joe Rogan's kind of like, oh, not even kind of, he's conservative. And just because you hang out with black people don't mean you're not racist, right? So right. he uh-huh. has this validation from him being a, com- uh, uh, a comic, but he does Howard Stern-ish kind of stuff. Yeah. So Joe Rogan is, um, you know, an anti-vaxxer, doing all other stuff. As people started pulling, you know, their um, podcasts off of Spoofy, which is 
you know, a media platform, right? So it's a music platform mainly, but they do podcasts. Well, Spotify, they give right? him some. Spotify. Spotify, I'm sorry, not Spotify. Yeah. Spotify. Thanks for that. Um, so since they pay him, I don't know, millions of dollars for him to broadcast the show, people started feeling like we should not be um, paying him to give you bad information. So then it became a freedom of a speech issue. And Spotify was just saying, we're not going to take him down. He's just another contributor that they pay, but he's just another contributor. Now, um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, came out and said he should stay. Just because he's an anti-vaxxer, we shouldn't, you know, turn against him, blah, blah, blah. Today, oh, I'm sorry. Yesterday or, or last week, India Iree, um, the singer, came out and said Joe Rogan used the N-word. They did a, a, um, a mashup of all these times that he used the N-word. She pulled her music out of there. Dwayne Johnson just came back and withdrew his support from Joe Rogan after he, his N-word clip started resurfacing. The Rock said, I was not aware of his N-word use prior to my comments. But now I've become educated to his complete narrative. Learning, um, uh, it's a learning moment for me. Is what he tweeted. Now my thing is, The Rock should never have supported him, knowing what he was doing. But once he got the clip of him saying the N word twenty times, now The Rock is like, "Oh my bad." So Joe Rogan came out and apologized finally. And um, I, matter of fact, I'll stop there. But I just wanted to say. What do y'all think about what was going on with Joe Rogan and that whole thing with Spotify? Because I, I believe that Spotify is acting like Facebook, where they don't want to take any responsibilities for for spreading hate and spreading bad information. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's exactly the role they're trying to take in that. You know, the thing about that guy, and, and you know, and remember. Aaron Rodgers got in trouble because he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and made those comments about yeah. about vaccine and stuff like that. So he's one of these guys. He's like you said, he's the the, the podcast equivalent to a shot jock, you know, a Howard Stern type personality. They pay him millions of dollars to to, to put out there what he puts out there. And look, I'm not going to sit here. What he talks about, you know, if he wants to do a podcast, that's fine. What I have a problem with is that if you're going to sit there and use that as a vehicle of hate and to put out misinformation, then they to shut you down. You can't do it on regular television or through regular communication, so why are they allowed? And this is the bigger problem, though, Jerome, I think, because uh, people are saying that when folks go on the Internet, do all these different things, they're not really governed by FCC rules. And so it's like it's time for them to put things in place to try to figure out some way, Mr. LES, right, to how do we police this? How do we regulate this? Because people are taking this as news. Oh, well, how many well, times have you talked to someone and they said, oh, well, uh, well, they said on Facebook, what? I mean, okay. They said that, I want to say this you know, really quickly about that, just yes, so that sir. our audience knows the answer to this question. Yeah. The reason yeah. that they don't is because Republicans always gut the FCC rules so that they can lie without any kind of repercussions. When they took away the Fairness Doctrine, mm-hmm. which created Fox News and all the other stuff, allowed yeah. you – to put opinionate your opinion inside of news, there used to be a rule against that that was an, F, uh, an FCC rule, and Reagan uh-huh. took it away, and 
every subsequent president, whether it was Bush, whether it was Trump, they keep stripping the ability for them to regulate truth through, um, through media. They strip that stuff away, and the Democrats aren't putting it back. So when somebody like Obama gets in there or, or Biden gets in there, they're not saying, hey, wait a minute, we need to put this back. They're leaving it. And then the next Republican come in and will strip everything else away. So that's why, yeah, so that's why they don't have rules for people to have to tell the truth. Like they started using words like alleged in their conversation that lets them off the hook for saying stuff that they know is not true. It's a buzzword. Yeah. Yeah, there you go about that. So, so yeah, so, I mean, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, this guy, you know, everyone has the ability to reach folks. You know, I mean, with, you know, social media, one of the topics I wanted to talk about here in the next couple of weeks is how good is social media? I mean, is it is it good or bad? And because, you know, the great thing about it is you get a chance to meet, and, you know, there are times you may be going back and forth with a celebrity. Back in the day, you didn't get that opportunity. But everybody, Mr. Elias, has a platform. People can say the same thing about us, you know. Without this mm-hmm. platform, maybe people wouldn't hear anything from us. So it's you know, I guess it just really depends on how you see it. But but what's your comments on, on Joe Rogan and, and that whole situation? Oh, you know something, man? I've, I've watched Joe Rogan once, and that's when my partner was on there. Otherwise, I have never watched him. Because, Who was on there? Know, man, you can't. Tony Woods? I thought Tony so, Woods was man. on there. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, for you to spread misinformation like you're spreading about the, uh, about the virus, Come on, man! You, you, you're putting out stuff that gives the horses that you take. That that come on, really? When you look at the numbers, and that's that's what that's what amazes me about when you listen to some of these people talk when they when when they spread they spread misinformation and like that like I always hear Bill Maher talking about how how Florida's numbers are so low. That's because Florida doesn't report all their numbers. If you if you talk to a lot of people from Florida. They fired the woman that was tracking all the numbers for, for the COVID virus in Florida, and they got rid of her. And yeah. they, they, don't, they don't report the honest numbers. So, uh, of yeah. course, the numbers are going to be low. Of course. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Vanessa? We, 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 we have to get to – we're going to skip the, the, the final news break. We'll just go straight to, to uh, state your case. Uh, give me your thoughts on this, Vanessa. About Joe Moore, do you even know who this guy is Joe Rogan? No, not really. Not yeah. familiar enough for me to be able to make a comment and then no, no, not really. Yeah, but 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 you don't have to know him to know that these types of. I mean, listen, I mean, he's just a name, but the, the issue is bigger than that. He's just one name that's in the news, and so here's what I want to see. Um, you know, Spotify. Some of these artists who are pulling their music you know, pulling their libraries from Spotify. You know, some of these cats are old school and things of that nature. And, yeah, to me, you're gonna, it's just but, like when we talked about with the NFL, right? When the superstars start pulling their mess off Spotify, then you're going to see something. Right now, these Jay, old school. I, you're right. Yes, I ma'am. do know about the incident, but not the person. Yes. So you are right. Right. Instance. And I think that right now people are mad. They're pulling stuff. They're not backing it. They're not endorsing. They're not. But it's going to go right back. They're going to go right back to doing what they do with, with Spotify. I mean, people can apologize well, all day long. At least yeah. you know who they are once they're – at least you 
they are. Okay. Sometimes it's good when people are busted for what they said or done. Because it's sometimes I would just rather know what kind of person you are that I'm doing business with. That's what we're talking huh. about is the N-word. So, yeah, so sometimes I would rather know what a person is about. And so I think that they're going to go right back to dropping music and stuff on it. I mean, I just think that this too shall pass. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Well, yeah, but but that's like anything, you know. It's in the news, and all of a sudden it goes away. But you know, once again, I think, and this 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 kind of you know works hand in hand with you know like what Jerome talked about, how some of the players in the NFL, some of these you know lesser known guys, they can't afford to 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 take the fines and miss the games. And it's not until the superstars stepped up. I still think it's it's the same way here. You know, yeah, you have some guys who were big in the '70s and '80s. They want to pull their music collections. That's great. But when you start getting Nicki Minaj and some of these big time jokers starting to pull their stuff off Spotify, that's when you get their attention. Because money talks, like y'all said. And think about, you know, think about the situation with the, with uh, with the, the the Reds. Well, the Washington Football Team's uh, owner. Remember, he said he would never change the name of the of the Redskins. Well, they call the Washington Football Team now, and now they're called the Crusaders or Commandos, whatever the hell they call them. But that was Commando. the FedEx says. That's a better name. The Fed, the FedEx <laughs> said. FedEx said. <laughs> well, I, they should have just left it as a football team to me. But but when FedEx said, "Look here, you either change it or we taking our name off the thing," you know, money rules the world. So you're right about that, Mister. Let me really give you the last word on this. Let me give you the last word on this to kind of, you know, that moniker, the first and last word. So go ahead, Mister. Let's give me your, your final thought well, on this. Like, like I said, man. You know, I, I'm a person that follows science, and Joe Rogan is not following any type of science. He's just going off something he's done, and then maybe maybe it cured him. But hell, that ain't gonna work for. I, I'm going on where the numbers are. I, I'm a numbers person, and I believe in numbers. Hell, and if you're telling me 89% of the people in the hospital are unvaccinated, that <laughs> that are that, that are unvaccinated are not making it. I got a partner that I went to college with. His name is Ron Pettigrew. He posted on Facebook. He's been dealing with the virus now for over two months, and he said he's he's pleading with people. He, he's pleading with them to get the vaccine, get it, because he wish he'd have got it. He, hold on, who is this again? The guy I went to college with. His name is Ron Pettigrew. Oh, I thought I knew him. He, he, yeah, yeah, you might know him, you know. But he 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 he's, he's got a, he's breathing with uh with oxygen. And he, you know, and he was like, I bet I he said I was in the I was in the unit where they they were going they they were talking about how I was going to die, and he said I refused to die. He said I was just that stubborn. I didn't want to die, but he said huh. my lungs shut down. All this other stuff happened to him, and he said and he's begging people now get the vaccine. It works. Well, let's hope that that works because you know how that is. We we've talked about this on the show a lot where people, you know, folks are running around yelling at the top of their lungs that the vaccine doesn't work and then they're on their deathbeds begging people and pleading for people to do the right thing. So let's hope that uh, people take heed of that and uh, and see where mm-hmm. it goes. All right, man, this is a good show today, Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. but we are definitely up against it. Uh, we're five minutes. We'll have five minutes left, and we have so many. Mr. Ellis, do we have any comments in the uh, – it is time for Pastor Steve State Your Case. And, uh, you know, final comments and remarks from the world-famous chat room and from social media. I have a lot, too, man. Let's get to it, man. We may not be able to think about it. Go ahead, Mr. Dillian. Reach comments. I, 
I got Jackie when she says, sorry, white kids, but it happened when we were talking about our race theory. Uh, we only have to deal with the repercussions of it. That's all. Colina Man said it's a blowback uh, from them taking out the Confederate statues. Now racists want the, uh, to erase other evidence of our history. And then he says, I can tell a racist by the red hat that they wear. <laughs> Good stuff, Bacavina. All right, let me read, because I have quite a few in here. Uh, ooh, all right, so let's get from the pastor. Of course, his name definitely, him, definitely gets first name and rights. All right, pastor. Peace and blessings, family. He says, ding, 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 although I hate to see two brothers argue. But when Jay and Mr. Elias go head-to-head, it is must-listen radio. <laughs> what a great show. This show is an essential part of our culture and should be heard by the masses. I am so happy that I have the privilege of listening to such a fine broadcast. But, Pastor, we appreciate you, and we are privileged to have such a dedicated listener uh, that listens to our show. All right, Ray from the University of Florida. Oh, I've never heard anybody do it that way. He says, thanks for reading my post. I really like this show. And the music is slamming. I'll be back. All right, Ray, appreciate you. Felicia, New York City. Oh, my God, you guys are really good. How long has this podcast been on? Listening on iHeartRadio. I found this show by accident. Why are you guys, this is why are y'all not more prominently displayed on that platform? I have no idea. Uh, but, you know, hey, tell a friend. All right, uh, our Freddie, the guy who monitors our cuss can, he says, uh, Okay, probably you guys, he says, no cussing, a show with no cussing. Nobody cursed today? Oh, okay. He says, but I have a question. The show ain't over with. The show ain't over with. The show ain't over with. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, He said, said, I have a question. Should the N-word be considered a curse word? Uh, No. No. Okay, there it is. No. 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 Well, yeah, because she wasn't using it all the time. All right, Zachary from Miami, Florida, says Mike Pence should be ashamed of himself. Mike Pence should be ashamed of himself. None of the Republicans have a spine. They all kiss Trump's anus, and he is going to lead them down a path of permanent destruction, and I, for one, can't wait to see it. Jay, we don't need two political parties. We just need one that works for the people. Oh, look at that. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I just can't. I don't have time to read anymore because we're 90 seconds out. All right. Uh, Vanessa, real quick, give me your final thoughts. Real, real quick, under 90 seconds. Nigga is not a cuss word. Nigga, 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 nigga. All right. Thank you. Bye. Uh, all right, Jerome, man, final it's thoughts. It's but everyone. it's not a cuss word. Y'all yeah, have a good week. <laughs> yeah, bye. Go pray. All, all right, Jerome, what you got, man? Yep, I just want to remind you. That Mariana said that she didn't want her stuff posted, but she didn't say that you couldn't send it to us. Thank you. And oh, yeah, I'm going to send it to y'all. I'm going to send it to y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a given. I'll send it to all y'all. Oh, all all yeah, y'all going to get them. Not the public, but for us. Mr. Elliott, we give you title thoughts. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, look, get out and vote, folks. That's all. Get out and vote. Contact Matching and Cinnamon. Tell them get out there. Lazy rumps to. to to get you out there and vote. They have this voter right back. And then John Lewis said. All right. So, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao show. All right, folks. So, for Mr. Elias, so for Jennifer, and for Jerome,
Jesus hey, Christ. I would have thought that LES was on the board and did that to you to silence you, but you ain't doing nothing to get silenced today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it wasn't yeah, the LES. Yeah. The show yeah, just, I mean, you know what that. Well, you know what happens when the show goes off, then that oh, yeah. it just goes loud. I mean, good golly, Miss Marty. But let's keep it moving. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, it is time for On a Need to Know Basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Street. Man, Jerome, man, what do you have going on this morning in your world? Well, you know, I'm going to start off with some black history, but I am not going to do an unconfirmed black history. Now, here's the thing. I could do an unconfirmed black history, but we have something else that while Jay's here that we still need to keep up. So we're going to go to our week's movie of, uh, of culture for Jay. <laughs> like this week's movie of culture, right? And I think last week, you know, we did say TNT Jackson. I think Elias put that out there. Elias, what do you have this week in his archive of, of black culture? What movie do we have for him today? Uh, I don't have. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, Jerome. And he did say busting loose, so he did say he saw that. Yeah. So I need to put that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh I, hey, dude, I got somebody at my front door. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So, okay, so I, I got this one. So, Jay, um, I am gonna go with, um, okay, I have, I have a couple in my head, but I know what you're gonna do to me if I give you too many. So let me think. Let me think of which one works best. Ah. Okay, so you saw sound there. You sound because this has to, this has to go back as well. So I want to go with huh? Because I'm sure you've seen a bunch of Richard Pryor movies, right? I think we all. I see what? See what? A bunch of Richard Richard Pryor movies. I was gonna say. Of Dolomite. course I have. Since Dolomite already has a remake, I think everybody's yeah. familiar with Dolomite. Right, so yeah. that's why I was yeah. saying like that would seem kind of shaky to actually use. So we need something kind of in culture. So I am gonna go with um, um, well, I know you've seen Miss Jane Pittman. See, I, I'm trying not yeah. to think. Yeah, what, what about what about yeah, yeah? See, see, this is backfiring on y'all. See, y'all thought y'all was trying to get me. See, y'all, 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 okay, what about Led I, I was Led I was for, for Les. What'd you say, Les? Led Belly. What about Led Belly? Have you seen uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. How old is Led Belly? Is this like an old movie or is this something that's recent? Because you can't just bring no recent stuff in here. This supposed, <laughs> you're supposed to be trying to find 70s. out. It's from the 70s. It's okay, well, you 70s. got me there. No, no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Led Belly. <laughs> I haven't seen Led it. Belly. But I don't know anybody who's seen it. Well, let me ask you this. Joel, have you seen Led Belly? I, I know what it is. I haven't watched it. No. Oh, no, 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 no. See, stop. Uh-uh. See, see what he did? <laughs> he said, oh, I know what it is. So you I haven't know, seen it either, sir. I'm with you, Jay. I, I've never seen it. That's why we're doing this list, right? We're talking oh, okay. about culture. And it does not have to be in the 70s. So, uh, so well, okay, at least the 80s. And for the close, I just watched it last week. Oh, you, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I did. I just watched it last week. I'm sorry. 
It was a good. So it was good. That uh, defeats the purpose of this. Y'all supposed to be hitting me up on what? stuff that y'all have seen, and I should have watched. Oh, Yo, but just saw it. Black okay. Already saw Yes. I saw it last week. What are you talking about? It, 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 yeah, but you just saw, saw it last, last week. week. You, it, it's, it's supposed to be a part of your part of your background, Jerome. Sir, I'm it asking you for clear. I'm asking you for clear directions <laughs> on how this goes because this is bull crap. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. These are movies for the culture. Things that black folks watch, whether it's black exploitation or not, that define okay. who we are. Like, like, oh. like knowing who Cochise is. It's kind of important oh. in our culture. So what movie okay. was, the, was that character in? What movie was Cochise in? Uh, <laughs> uh, Hell no. Hell no. No, no, you ain't. What? Hey, what? Man. Come on. L.E.S. Come you on, because you know the movie. I know you know the I'm movie. I'm taking away your damn black card. I'm taking away your black card. <laughs> you don't tell me who Cochise, what movie Cochise was in. Your black uh, card is being uh, revoked. Uh, the Mac, the Mac, the Mac. No, uh, hell no. That'd be Goldie. Oh, you know. Oh, y'all finally, y'all finally, y'all finally got me. You finally got me. <laughs> you know, this is what you wanted Coolie the whole High. time. You got me. What? What movie? You ever heard the movie Coolie High? Coolie High. It's Coolie oh, High. Yeah. That's Coach. That's what, okay, He's so the the, uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacob. Coach right. Well, his name is Coach. Oh, that was his name. That's oh, coaching. that's right. Okay. Y'all got me. That's it. This is it. That this was legitimate. Y'all got me this time. And, and I will go. Well, this yeah. one is Rook Mendelius. I will uh, put my black card in the mail today because you are absolutely correct. There's no way I should not know that. Now, you, now, this, now this is straight up. Now, you got me on this one. Wow. I'm embarrassed, man. Jeez, wow. Man. Oh, it's well, I'm and, and, and Preet. Yeah. Oh, and Preet. Mm-hmm. See, if I would have said Preet, would you have gotten it then? Said who? If I said Preet. See, I, I would have been, I would have gone back to the original Superfly. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. But, but not knowing who Glenn yeah. Turman's character was was old other. You know what I mean? Like, so we know yeah, the difference in yeah. those. Yeah. You so, got it. Yeah, you again, got it. Yeah. The whole segment is about the fact that we have cultural references just like we just did, and they're coming from someplace. That's why other communities, when they start speaking on behalf of black people, they don't have references that we have. They don't know why you're looking at the world like we are, because we, we have cultural references that other people can't, can't catch up to. It's not even possible. So even if from, from us saying, saying that in Cooley High, shoot, I, my – my um, my thing was, and I know I didn't say this, and since there's so many movies, I will say this for the record. It's like us talking about, you know, Cornbread Earl and me. Like, it's kind of like I can run between the raindrops. Yeah. Like, doing that, that like, was we Lawrence know Hill. what that means. That was, uh, that was Lawrence Fishburne's first movie, wasn't it? Yep, when he was little Larry Fishburne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he changed his yep. name at IMDb. Larry Fishburne. <laughs> That he was what it was, Man. You know, the main and so who who was cornbread? Jay. Hold on, uh, Jay see, see y'all don't y'all double stacking. See, no, y'all, this is no, not no. fair. I had my one for this week, Jerome. You're not going to do this okay, to no, me. No. no, that's why I said this one is a give me. This is a, like a bonus question because this is a. Well, I, I, 
I'm just I'm, I, hey, look here. Here's my here's my remark to that. I'm just you here so you I won't get fined. Remember the early Lakers? The early Lakers. I'm just here because I won't get fined. I'm just here so okay, I won't get fine. fined. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Wilkes. Everybody knows. Yeah, Everybody Jamal Wilkes. Yeah. I'm I'm here because I won't get fined. The ball part. Okay. <laughs> oh, you you gonna pull you gonna pull that out on us? Huh? See, that, that's a cultural reference for for people ten years from now. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Everybody's going to tell me that was. <laughs> You're like, how was your game? How do you think the defense played? How do you, what's your mama name? They just throw stuff out. I won't get yeah. high. Yeah, y'all got me All this week, right. okay? Y'all got me. Well, thank All you, right, sir. Bro. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll be back with more of this abuse next week. <laughs> yeah, right. As a bonus, I will throw in an unconfirmed black history for you next week. I'll lighten it up a little bit. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, get this mess off me, bro. Appreciate y'all. I love you, brothers. Mm-hmm. With my fingers crossed. Have a good show. Hey, all right, man. All right. Now, so, so today is um, – since we're in every day is Black History Month, but since we're in Black History Month, I would I'm going to start off every Black History Month with with a Marcus Garvey statement. And if you don't know who Marcus Garvey is, I will tell you at some point in yes, Black History. Yes, yes. Now his quote is: "A people without knowledge of their past, origin, and culture is like a tree without its roots. It is important that we know history. Wow, because." You mm. cannot stand alone without information. So mm. that that's a Marcus Garvey quote. And, um, mm. again, we'll talk about Marcus Garvey. I'll, I'll get into who he is. Now, um, author Alexander Dumas um, is the author of The Three Musketeers. Not the candy yeah. bar, but the, but the book, <laughs> The Three Musketeers. And uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. And the Iron Mask. So Mm -hmm. you'll you'll find that when I do black history, we're not saying the first black people person who did something. We're saying things that you would not have if it wasn't for black people. Mm. Right? So I I think if I was in the movie making business, which I'm not, I would really like to see a show. I don't care if it's a cartoon. I don't care how you do this. But I would really like to see a show that highlighted this. Um, like having a show that says, here's what you would have with and without black folks. For example, mm-hmm. you'll call a white person's house, right? Like just generally, or, or Asian people, whatever. People who don't have black people around them. And they would answer the phone, and the black person would have like a touchstone phone, and yours would still be rotary. The black people would have caller ID, and you wouldn't. The black people would have call waiting, and you wouldn't. Because a black woman created all three of those things. Touchstone, mm. caller ID, and and um, call waiting. So if you take the black contributions out, you go to a white person's house, and you wouldn't see an ironing board. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or a dust pan. <laughs> like, or a doorknob. They would just push the doors open because they had doorknobs. Like, I would like them to do that for history's sake, to say... This is, if y'all think that black people are not contributing, the next time you go through and, um, you know, want to, uh, um, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to think of something like use a dustpan or, or you're sweeping up, 
you'll find that you don't have one because it hasn't been invented. <laughs> you live in a world without yeah. black people's inventions. So I think that would be a good a good show. Like even the children's show. I know white folks would lose their mind because they would say, "Hey, we we have we would still have houses," and it's like, mm, not necessarily, <laughs> right? Because that construct of this particular um, of houses like this came from black people. If you knew what black people's contributions are to civilization, you would not be tripping. Mathematics and science and history and philosophy. It didn't come from the Greeks. It didn't come, like, it didn't come from them. So I, I would like to see, I think that would be cool. So I don't want to spend much time on that. But anyway, we're doing black history because of that. Now, Beatrice Davison created sanitary pads, if people didn't know, for women. Initially, it was rejected, and then it was accepted 30 years later in 1956. And she wow. literally created really? that. Yeah. Yeah. What did they do up until they, that time? Damn. They, they just used, like, really? um, yeah, they used cloth. They okay. just kind of rolled cloth and stuff. But she, she, she created it. And, and when she went to patent it, they rejected it. And they gave her a pet. Yeah. And she went to co- companies to manufacture, and they wouldn't. And it wasn't until 30 years later. So she did it in 1926, and she didn't get um, it didn't get accepted until 1956. But yeah, wow. that's what. Yeah, she and she and her sister invented the bathroom um, toilet paper holder. Yeah. So, for, yep. For those who don't know, it's patent number US. 43-54-64-3, dated October 19, 1882. So here's a wow. long, a long, yeah, 1882, somebody uh, made their toilet paper um, holder, toilet tissue holder. Now, I don't know if you had this argument before or this question before, but um, people always ask the question, how should you, how should you put, put toilet, toilet paper, paper on there? It, yeah, should it be <laughs> over the top, under? Like, uh huh. The patent is. Uh, I, what would be your guess? What would be your guess? It's, it's supposed to be over, isn't it? Yes, the patent is over. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember that's like a funny barroom argument to me when people are like, "No, no, you should have it this way because it rolls up under." And it's like, let's just go with the patent. The black woman who created the bat, she patented over. But most people don't know yeah. that somebody black that. Mm, no. I didn't I did not know that. Yep. And so so again, you would you wouldn't have a toilet paper holder, you might have toilet paper on the floor, but technically yeah, uh, <laughs> the 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 uh, it, it, you wouldn't have that. And another thing, you know, Chef James Hemmings, and if his name sounds familiar, is because of his sister Sally. But he's the first American okay. trained in French cuisine, and he's also mm. the creator of what famous. This is why, when I found this black history back out, I realized why black people don't eat this um, dish from anybody else. But do you know he created mac and cheese? Yes, I saw that. I, yeah, yeah. You gotta know what you're doing with the <laughs> so, mac and cheese, man. You got to know what you're doing black, with that. Black people are very particular about mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. They will look at your macaroni and cheese and be like, uh, nah. 
but you know, at and the I'm time, one of those that will. Yeah, I, I am too. I don't eat people's potato salad and mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, if you don't know your black friends, don't test this. Invite them up to your house, try to make some macaroni and cheese if you want to. <laughs> They'll be like, no, I'm just eating corn today. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. to a vegetable. I can't, like, give me some green beans or something. But, um, you know, he was owned by Thomas Jefferson, and Thomas Jefferson took credit for macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I just wanted to throw out some black history. Some black history. Well, actually, I'll do one more. Lonnie Johnson, which we kind of talked about before, is the engineer who developed the um, super soaker, the water gun. Mm-hmm. He worked for NASA's Jet Propulsionary uh, Propulsion Lab, and um, he dubbed it the super soaker. It hit shelves in 1990, and in 2017, Forbes reported that it owned it earned over a billion dollars in retail sales, but in 2013, he was awarded nearly $73 million in royalties from Toymaker Hasbro. Mm. Do you know they didn't want to pay him? So not only really? are you inventing stuff, yeah, they didn't pay him. He got $73 million in 2013, and he invented it. Uh, it hit store shelves in 1990. Mm-hmm. So look how long it took him to get his money. Again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, wow, so, wow. Yep. So that's that's a that's how we'll um start off a black history month and just telling you things that black folks created that was not in existence before before a black person invented it. Because I know a lot of people like to say, you know, this is the first person first black person who rode a roller coaster. Like we like to do black first. But I think it's deeper than that. Black people created some mm-hmm. things that would not exist on this planet, so we need to we need to highlight those. Now, yeah. our, our first uh, our first news story. You know, the U.S. job openings rose by one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, uh, fifty one hundred fifty thousand to a near record high of ten point nine million people in December. But the number of people quitting jobs um, dropped slightly. So the openings measure um, the labor demand, and um, you know we have. I guess they're saying we're not far from the all-time high of 11 million people reached in in July that there is job opening. So I don't know if the, the unemployment rate went down, but there's a lot more job openings. Um, the world's longest lightning bolt happened in 2020. What you mm-hmm. say? It went yeah. up to four percent. It was at three point nine. Oh, it did go up. Yeah. Yeah, the four percent. A tenth of a percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because those are those are job um, claims. So they measure that by who who is asking for unemployment, opposed to who just got hired. So they mess those numbers. So I, yeah, I never see that at the back end. Um, the world's longest lightning bolt happened in 2020. It lasted 8.5 seconds. It stretched 477 miles across Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. It was 37 mm. miles long wow. from the previous record. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. Really? I didn't either. <laughs> you can actually have a lightning bolt stretch 477 <laughs> miles? Mm. Now, now I'm starting to get scared of flying. Because <laughs> that means you were never out of distance. 
Yeah, really. Yeah. Now they said the previous record was uh, recorded. I was set in Brazil in uh, in October in 2018. This is according to the UN's World Medi- Meteorological Organization. I didn't know they kept track of such things, but again, you can get a job doing a lot of things. Apparently, I'm not saying it's not necessary, but that was an interesting number. Now, the Earth has a second Trojan asteroid, and it's not Donald Trump. He's the first one. But the second one is 1,800 feet wide, and it's trapped in the same orbit as uh, as the planet for at least 400 years. So there's a there's an asteroid that's circling with us, and they said that it uh, may have been ejected from an asteroid belt in Jupiter, according to researchers from the University of Barcelona. But uh, apparently, we got another asteroid, <laughs> and it's not that dude. Well, we know that uh, Julian is an asteroid too, so we really want to go there. That's what they should start naming them. Mitch McConnell, asteroid. After, after, after. Yeah, after, after, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so next time, you know, I say a name, just we're gonna start naming them uh, last. We're just gonna be like, um, what's that guy's name? Um, Jordan or or Clarence Thomas? Asteroid. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they're gonna be. <laughs> we got a new name for them. Now, Jeff Bales uh, um, is. Um, he paid $200 million to get his name put on the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Can you, can you believe that? $200 million. After he went, he went to space once, now he thinks he owns that piece. So, well, you he know, paid, hell, if he paid his fair share in taxes, I would, you know, pay his fair share in taxes. Exactly. He yeah, could pay $200 million to put his name on the bill, and he could pay his taxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he'll cry yeah. about that, paying his fair share in taxes. And then we'll get mad at people that get a little bit out of the government, but he he won't pay his fair share. Right. It's like oh yeah yeah. yeah. That we and it's interesting when people fight against that. They're like, well, he shouldn't have to. And somebody got welfare and it was welfare fraud. It's like yeah, welfare fraud was five grand. This dude is yeah. not paying millions in taxes. No billions. He's not paying. Elon Musk got mad because he had to pay six billion in taxes. So they're not paying billions of dollars in taxes. Billions. Billions, They're getting away with it. They're getting away with this. And then people to the look at somebody, oh, they got $5,000. They cheated the system. This cat cheated out of billions of dollars. Donald Trump got $70 million. I don't know if Vanessa's still here, but but remember, uh, what was it, a couple weeks we were on the show, and Vanessa said how pissed she was that somebody got all this money back because of a tax break? Remember, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. no. Let's call um, Elon Musk. Let's find out yeah. how much money they're not paying. They, they, they are not in comparison their fair share at all. Nope. Yeah. They don't care to pay their fair share. Yeah. So, so he he paid two hundred million dollars to name a branch of the Smithsonian <laughs> Air and Space Museum. It's the biggest donation after traveling to space just once. But he's he. He's essentially getting naming rights, right? So it's like a football stadium. He thinks he can just, you know, you spend enough money, they'll put your name on it. That's where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, um, COVID cases are now declining in 41 states as um, the eastern half of the country is moving past the surge, but cases are down 36% nationwide. 
Um, but deaths are still climbing. They climbed over 12% mm. over the last 14 days. So COVID cases in the U.S. in the U.S. are falling. But don't get don't get that twisted. The people who are getting sick are getting worse. It's because the unvaccinated mm-hmm. people are still dying. So, mm. um, yeah. So now the first COVID vaccine for children age six months old could be available as soon as February. At the end of February is what U.S. regulators are urging um, Pfizer to apply for emergency authorization two doses of this regimen of COVID-19 um, for children um, from six months to five years old. Now, again, they have to take shots for school. I don't know. I'm not even going to – I'm not going to even go Joe Rogan on this one. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to have to put that out there um, with that. So scientists began their trial of their experimental HIV vaccine, which relies on the same breakthrough RNA, mRNA technology that Moderna and Pfizer are, are using um, for the COVID vaccine. So Moderna has, you know, um, just out its first doses of an experimental H- HIV vaccine um, to healthy volunteers in Washington, D.C. So I don't know. So here's what anti-vaxxers, I, I think, have a dilemma. Do you shun all vaccines or do you pick and choose which vaccines that you want? Because, again, nobody really That's knows what they what's do. In, do they? Because nobody they, knows they, what's they, in ibuprofen. They, they but it's, Yeah. If you have a headache I, I, and, you get, and you take an aspirin, they don't know, really know what's in that. Dude, I had a guy who had shingles. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he was talking mess about the, uh, talking mess about the uh, COVID vaccine. And I said, did you get the shingles virus, uh, or the vaccine? He said, you damn right I did. I had shingles. I had to get it. I said, okay, <laughs> now let me ask you a question. What was in that vaccine? Well, that vaccine's been around for years. I said, so has the COVID virus, the vaccine. Yes. And it just it has been around for years. So yep. what's the difference? Well, I'm just telling you, man, that, that, that vaccine, they just came out with that vaccine. I said, dude, yes, it's, it's been around look, for the years. The basis of it has been around for years. The basis have been around it for years. I said, y'all, I said, one thing about I know about y'all, you guys don't read. And I know that because you always ask me what the contract says. So I get you. Right. Right. It just, it's just that they have to have something to fight against. And yeah. that's, all, that's all it is. Now, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you saw, but more than 1,000 people marched in Minneapolis yesterday. Um, after that yes. fatal, shoot, fatal shooting of um, Amir Locke with the police with the yes. no-knock warrant. I think it was mm-hmm. the air that came out that said that they are not to enforce any more no-knock warrants. But um, on Saturday, they were demanding, you know, the the, um, the, the folks were gathering were demanding justice for Amir, who was 22, who was shot and killed by police. Um, they're calling for the resignation of the mayor and the officer, Mark um, Han- Hanneman, who actually shot him. Because you cannot, the, the, they had no reason to even, he had a permit for one, and they said he mm-hmm. had, you know, he had a gun. But you can defend of yourself. It, You're in your so house. If, of course I got a gun. You're in your house. 
So yes. we just can't arbitrarily be like, well, and they don't shoot white folks. If a white, if you came in the house and a white person had a gun, usually police do this. Come on, you don't want to do that, son. Put the gun down. Mm-hmm. They negotiate with yep. them. They shoot black people first and then go, oh, I was scared. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you came into his house. Of course, he was scared. You know, so and if course. he would have shot everybody as they came through the door, he would have been justified. Hey, so, hey, yeah, we worked that out. And, um, going, I'm grabbing my gun. I'm going to work. I'm sorry. That's just what I, I hey, man, that's what I got a gun for. It's to protect my right, home. For protection. I'm sorry. Right? And shit. So, so they, they went through it. Yeah, they um, actually showed the video where mm-hmm. the police readily identified themselves. It, 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 that dude was sleep. You start yeah. me out of my sleep, you'll know what you're going right. to get at that evening. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Whatever excuse you want to come up with, he has a right to defend himself. Because he mm-hmm. he was in his own house and he legally had a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Now I I know I, I we talked about this in the segment with um with Joe Rogan, but um, Spotify actually deleted 113 of Joe Rogan's podcast episodes uh, as the purge continued after his use of the N word surface. In clips, and Joe Rogan said he regret he's regretful and shameful. It was regretful uh-huh. and shameful. Mm-hmm. So, but he got as he used, and, and if you see it, if if you have not seen it, him using the clips, it wasn't regretful and shameful. He was using that like it was water, like mm-hmm. he was using the word and and this and that, like he was unconsciously <laughs> saying that, which means he uses it anyway. So to yeah. Vanessa's point earlier, yes, Joe Rogan probably has black friends, but I guarantee you he didn't say he wasn't he wouldn't talk like that in front of no black people. It, mm-hmm. it punched them in the mouth. Joe Rogan's yeah. old enough to know that um, around black folks, he got, he need to watch his mouth. But he was doing that in front yeah. of white folks, right? So mm-hmm. he and here's the thing with white folks to me. If you can't do it around your black friends or black folks that you know, because it ain't even your friends that will do that, or not just them, and you only are doing it around white folks, you subconsciously know that you're wrong, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I can't say this yeah. around black people. But then when they leave the room, you're like, how come they can say the word and I can't and blah, blah, blah. You think that is cool. <laughs> so yeah. he, got hit, he got bit on that. So... I know I kind of half did the story, but Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, withdrew his support um, from Joe Rogan, um, who's an anti-vaxxer, for perfectly art, um, articulated, um, I guess, they were, what he was saying about his N-word clips. He didn't half use it. He didn't put an A on the N. It was, they didn't even try to like pierce it <laughs> like that. And so those clips, um, he said... Uh, Joe Rogan said, now I'm educated. Um, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it was Dwayne Johnson. He's, he's, he's educated about the complete narrative, and he wasn't aware of the N-words prior use in my comments, but now I have become educated to his complete narrative, learning more. Uh, it's a learning moment for me. So The Rock, again, I know The, the Rock is biracial, but when biracial mm-hmm. kids are saving people, from offending black people, and then they find out that they are actually racist, and you 
have to go back to apologize? Learn this. Sometimes you have to take a zero. Sometimes you mm-hmm. have to say, look, he ain't racist to me, but I don't know him like that. And you won't have to go back right. and apologize when the guy who you was defending is out, out and out racist and being crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, the Joe Rogan experience, do you know he has a $100 million deal with Spotify? Yes. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. why India Ivory said, if you're going to have a deal like that, and we're selling records as artists, and we're getting point zero zero five or three or two on royalties, but you're paying $100 million to them, you're doing it on the backs of us. So yep. I much respect for India, India Ivory. You know what I mean? I agree. Mm-hmm. So even though you would say, and, and the crazy people, and this is white folks' argument, well, that one thing is not going to hurt their bottom line. Yeah. But if we stop participating, she just moves herself to title, it would still move stuff to Jay-Z's platform opposed to being on um, Spotify. Right. So I think black folks need to not tell, you know, tell people that they need to just move their stuff. Mm-hmm. But she wanted to explain why she did it. And she did. She did a very good job of saying, hey, you know what? You don't get to call me no names, and then you promote that and then act like, oh, it wasn't me. It was the other guy. <laughs> you with him. The money. You gave exactly. him $100 million. You know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Joe Rogan said that he he apologized and called it the most regretful, shameful thing I've ever had to mm-hmm. talk about. Yeah, but you would yeah, definitely talk about it in private. Mm-hmm. Well, it was public because it was on his podcast. So, yeah, how was that? Say, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they took down those podcasts, it's because, hey, he was, he was spouting that word out like it wasn't nobody's business. Hey, right. yeah, yeah, I just read I took down 70 of his podcasts. Come on, dog. He was using that word like water. Come on. Yeah. Don't yep. Freudian and slip either. It was not a Freudian you know, slip. You did that because you wanted to. Yeah, and I know we didn't. I didn't have this up on on um, as a news story, but let's talk about Whoopi Goldberg in that context. So Whoopi yeah. Goldberg, she explains why she said it, and, and here's the thing. So, um, you know, again, send your send your uh, comments to Jay. <laughs> I don't want to hear. So, when Whoopi Goldberg says Jew, Jews are not a race, right? She comes back. And she explains why she said that. She said, because as a black person, when I see a Jewish person, I don't differentiate them from being white. But you can differentiate a black person. So everybody's going back on their technical saying that Hitler said he wanted to get rid of the Jewish race and they are a race and blah, blah, blah. But Whoopi's, where she was coming from in her own blackness was saying, black people don't see you that way. We see white folks. So we know mm-hmm. that in black people's head that when white folks see us, they can identify us right off the rip. And you can't identify, you know, all white folks because that's not how we think and that's not how we look. So from her saying that, she weren't, she wasn't taking a shot at them. She didn't need the anti-deflammation to coming out, oh, we need to give her an education. They, she didn't need the other black people who came out and said Whoopi was wrong. She shouldn't have said that. Everybody needs to just shut it down and be like, you know what? When race, when when Megan McCain racist self was on there blatantly talking about race shit, y'all didn't fire her. 
and y'all didn't mm-hmm. um, her. Not once from her saying stuff about black no. people. No. When she was spreading all of that nonsense from Fox News about Obama, Whoopi even forgave her. Whoopi was like, yeah, well, she just doesn't know. Or she tried to correct her. But just for saying it, they, they yeah. suspended Whoopi. Of course. So that, that double standard with black people, you can't get close to saying something. Like even if we don't know or we say something incorrectly, people want to fire us and stop us from eating for even uttering the thought. That's mm-hmm. what oppression, that's what racism is because you have the power to stop something. Black people don't have the power over black folks, so black people cannot be racist. Understand what the word mm-hmm. is. We can have a bias. We, there's a lot of things that we could do, but being racist in a systemic way, it, we don't have the ability to stop y'all from doing what y'all do. So mm-hmm. you can have you have a choice whether you want to come around black folks. Black people don't have really much of a choice on who's going to turn their lights on in their house or not. Your power mm-hmm. company don't. We don't have a black power company. We don't have no, we a don't. black phone company. You know, so we are always going to have to be bilingual. Well, not always, but we are bilingual because we interact with white folks all the time. We don't have a bias to oppress them where white folks can do that to us. So anyway, that whoopee thing, I forgot. I don't think we ever talked about that. But what, no, we did didn't. you see any of that stuff? No, I, I, no, I didn't see the show, but I, I, I saw snippets of it. Because, uh-huh. you know, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was I yeah. think the same thing you were, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just saw the fallout. I didn't see the show, but I saw the fallout from it. And it always amuses me, or, or I shouldn't say amuse me, because I'm well, not, I don't think, enjoy anything. Go ahead. But I thought she said something to the fact that uh, that was, it wasn't a racial thing. And, you know. I, I, and that's what got everybody upset. You know, everybody upset. She said it wasn't a racist yeah. thing. It was like a, a, a power, a white man, a, a power, a hungry white man. And I was like, Yeah, Whoopi, yeah. Whoopi was. Yeah, she was just trying to make the point that white folks' humanity sucked. So whether it was Jewish person or a black person, she was like, their humanity just sucks across the board. She, so that's the point that she was making. Right or wrong, she was just making the point. So um, Jewish people don't like you to lump them in with anybody unless you attack a Jewish person. And then Jewish people normally say stuff like, if they start with us, they're going to come after you. They've been coming after black folks since they've seen black people on this planet. So don't think that that's new to us. Like, so uh, I was asked a question over the weekend from somebody black. They said, what is being Jew? Now, I can't define that. All I can tell you is that Jewish is a Jew, a convert to Judaism, right? So the person said that they didn't understand as a black person why Jewish people keep saying that you're anti-Semitic if you say something against Jewish people. Because black people are Semites. So if you say something against black people, you should be anti-Semitic as well. And he was just asking, why is that mutually exclusive to Jewish people? And I said, I don't know. So the question was, is Judaism a religion? Is it a race? Or is it, um, are you born Jewish? And can you denounce it and become something else? And I don't have the answer to that question because I don't want to hear. I don't either. I don't want to hear from the Anti-Defamation League. I don't care. 
however you define that is how you define it. So don't, you know, this is critical race theory, right? It's like, y'all need to know the truth. And it's like, no, not really. We don't discriminate against you, right? We, our humanity is intact. We don't go around and go, hey, that, that person's whatever, so we don't like you. We're trying to get you off of our back is more, more of the problem. And when I say you, I mean all people. <laughs> Leave black people alone. So anyway, so he was, he was asking that question, and I said, I don't know how any of that stuff is defined. And it's not because I'm not smart enough to go find out. It's because everybody has their own um, perspective on what that is. But I can just tell you historically, Jewish is a, they were converts. So I don't know. So I, I don't know if you saw this one, cause, and also in race news. Um, Golden, Globes, Golden Globe winner um, Aquafina quit, uh, quits Twitter after being trolled for her black scent. So the actress apologized for her cultural appropriation and slammed social media platform Twitter for encouraging her to kill herself. So here's the, what happened. There was an outcry two weeks ago over her outstanding character voice performed um, in this Disney. Um, it was a, a Disney animation. The NAACP nominated her for MD, NAACP Image Award, which usually honors, historically honors black performers. So Aquafina, whose real name is Nora Loom, um, She's Asian. She was nominated for her work in, um, I guess it's called um, Sis You the Dragon in this Disney animated film of of Rhea, which I haven't seen, Rhea and the Last Dragon. She was in that. So she's 33. She found fame in 2012 for her music video, My Vag, which went popular on YouTube. Um, She had since been accused of cultural appropriation for her black scent, even in her early she had an online rap career um, and in comedic roles such as Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asians, she played in that. So in her statement, she wrote that as a non-black person of color, I stand by the fact that I will always listen and work tirelessly to understand the history in a context of African-American, what is it called, um, A-A-V-E, I think it. Um, vernacular English. I guess that's what they're calling um, um, black, what do I call it? Uh, a black scent. It's, it's African American um, vernacular is what she's saying. In the context of that, she said what's deemed inappropriate or backwards towards the progress of any and every marginalized group, but I must emphasize to mock, belittle, or to be unkind in any possible way at the expense of others is simply not my nature. And she said it's never, it never has and never was. And in a separate post, she announced that she was leaving Twitter, although she'll remain on her other social media platforms. All right. So I wanted to do the whole story so that as the audience members, you guys can understand where this story is coming from. But she... Um, this has been going on for a minute, and they drug her over social media. And even when she released this statement, black folks are still lighting her up. Black women are not the 
not for play play as they normally say. <laughs> so I'm gonna do uh, 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 unconfirmed Black history about that word. Why black people say that? But anyway, <laughs> black people are not for play play, and she. Most people are saying that is not an apology. But in Asian mm. culture, they have a culture of like assimilating black folks, whether it's hip hop, breaking, DJing. There, you can find a YouTube of people, you know, yeah. break mm-hmm. dancing, they got rap, early rap, hip hop stuff. Asian culture embrace mm-hmm. that, and even getting their hair blown out so they can have afros back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Did you see any of that controversy hit the news at all? Well, it's not going to hit right now. No, I didn't. Social media. I, I, you know, I, I, I heard it, and, you know, bit, it, bits and pieces of it, but. I never really paid attention to it, to be honest. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, didn't. I never re- really watched Ocean's 8, you know, like with Sandra Bullock and Rihanna and those guys. But you notice how I put Rihanna in there because that's the only reason I would have watched it. But I, um, <laughs> but, oh, but I did watch Crazy Rich Asians. So if you watch that, the main character, she's like the main character's best friend. But she does. Okay. She's mocking black folks' culture. So even though they're rich, hmm. it's like gaudy, like it's like um like she was signing no limit. <laughs> like back in the days, like it's like <laughs> you know what I mean? She got the rings on, you know, kind of in a hip hop kind of thing. But that's her character in there. She's she's the she's the black Asian friend of her friend. Like she's supposed to be the street hmm. person. But she's mocking a a black scent is what she's doing. So anyway, I I didn't dislike it, but I've never watched um, her television show, that her series that she has on. It's Aquafina something, some Nora from Queens, because her name is Nora and she's from Queens, and um, but she has a television show, and she does a lot of mocking of black people. And really? again, I know, yeah, I know, but see, but that it comes from. You know, I remember back in the days where, I shouldn't say, <laughs> I hate saying that, but um, where black people were mocking Valley Girl stuff, you know, and and that was just black folks just being like, you know, oh my God, you know, whatever, because that stuff was on TV. Mm-hmm. And television shows with Valley Girl, so black people were mocking it, but nobody tries to be white. They were mocking the vernacular. She is trying to own it. So it's like when somebody, like when the Kardashians get their hair braided and they're like, oh, she's being edgy. Black people get their hair braided for a reason, black women. It mm-hmm. helps protect hair, right? So when you ask a black woman about that, they're like, why are you doing it? Um, like when white guys put on um, put on um, wave caps. It's like, what the hell do you have a wave cap on? <laughs> Right, like just fundamentally, you have to know something's wrong with you. And black people are not like in your privilege. You're like, I should be able to buy a wave cap, and it's like, yeah, but where are your waves? It doesn't serve no purpose. Mm. So yeah, so anyway, yeah, yeah. So I saw the story, and um, I didn't really, really pay any attention. But in this climate, we need to start calling that out, like. Like other organizations do for their people, we need to really just start getting yeah. on this. Yep. Now, um, now, uh, 
uh, Georgetown Law um, have suspended a, uh, a professor for tweeting that Biden was posed to nominate um, not the objectively back, um, best pick for um, the Supreme Court, but a lesser black woman. So a oh, law oh, professor. Oh. Hey. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, because um, Aya Sapiro, uh, they put put them on um, administrative leave over his tweet that questions the qualification of any black um, black woman that the president Biden would pick. Now this is Georgetown again. So you would think racist if if you right you know it was built on the backs of the black people anyway. Georgetown had already had to apologize for that and. If you can prove that you're descendant mm-hmm. of the people who the, the church yes, owned yes, yes. at that time, they let you go to school there for free. They acknowledge their mm-hmm. races uh, um, back. But you have somebody in there is saying, oh, whoever you hire um, as a, uh, whoever you get as a black person, they're probably not qualified. <laughs> now, the only black person that's ever, ever been put there who was not qualified would be Clarence Thomas. And that was George mm-hmm. H.W. Bush who put his butt in there. Because he mm-hmm. should be in there. But anyway, yeah. Long Don Silver. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Come on, man. Why yeah. did he put rapists in there, man? He was one and then the other clown. Um, what was that clown's name? Brett Kavanaugh? He was like, all these yeah. Come on, man. How do you, you're a rapist. You guys are rape women. You were sexually, yep. sexually assaulting, um, oh, what was her name? Jesus isn't that, Christ. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Like, so, so you got two two dudes that not just accused of sexual assault, but with proof. Mitch McConnell suspended yep. the hearings and pushed him through because people were coming mm-hmm. out on him. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, Clarence Thomas... They raped Anita Hill over the coals, right? Yes. So they knew he did what he did. They thought that he was the right person to be making decisions about women and women reproductive stuff when he marginalizes women, right? Mm-hmm. And Kavanaugh. And but you know what's yeah. interesting? Even with the Amy, what's her name, Barrett, whatever. Call the Barrett. That yeah. that woman who's there. She um. She's not even qualified to even sit on the court. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that those guys got in common is people would say they're conservative. I would say they're more than conservative. They are. They have in common that they have no. Um, they have no respect for the law unless it benefits an agenda. Yeah. Because there's no fairness in their ruling. You can go mm-hmm. ahead and say. You know, companies have the right as people to do whatever the heck they want to do. But you don't have a right as an individual, as a person, to do whatever you want to do. But companies have the mm-hmm. right as a person, right? We can't look at them as a business. A corporation is an entity, so technically by law it's a person. And you can't take away mm-hmm. a person's right. But to get an abortion, we can take away a person's right. Like, they are all over the place. Yes, and they, they are. They are blatantly obvious about it now there's um, a, a retired FBI agent who 
spent 25 years infiltrating the far-right groups, including the Klan, as well as the neo-Nazis and biker gangs, gangs has um, said how white national extremism is still a real threat to the U.S., and he revealed what it was like to be an undercover um, member of a hate group. So in a wide-ranging um, interview with Rolling Stone, um, the agent is known as, as Scott B., because, you know, he can't tell his name, uh, to protect his family, shared how drunken, drunk whiskey, uh, how he drunk whiskey with Klansmen who distorted Christianity and said that it's not a sin to kill blacks, gays, commies, Asians, because they are the seeds of Satan. That's what they're selling, right? They distort Christianity. He also described how leaders of a white national group called the base believe that Hitler was living in the middle, uh, the middle of the earth, along with a race of giants. And the earth was a concave, <laughs> and that they would fire a master race by kidnapping um, um, black women or, or, or women and raping them. That's how they're going to get a master Yeah. So the white supremacist group, which is, which is banned in the U.S. and Canada, um, you know, celebrate and um, promote the use of violence in an attempt to establish a fascist white ethno uh, state um, by uh, means of a race war. That's why white folks are always crying that there's a race, race. There's an upcoming race war. Black people are not paying you any attention is the problem. So to have a race war, you need an opponent. And black people are just not that into you. Is <laughs> that is that mm-hmm. as that saying goes, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, mm-hmm. The lead founder of the, the base, that neo-Nazi place, um, is an American national living in Russia. who have been uh, a government, con- governor, con- government contractor in the past. These guys are mm-hmm. literally, um, what do you call it, um, you know, soldiers for hire. All and they are promoting this stuff. Mercenaries, yes. A lot of those neo-Nazi guys are like mercenaries. They always want to fight somebody. They join to go to somebody, else, uh, somebody else's country just to kill somebody. <clears throat> Something is jacked up with their with their pathology. Again, nobody likes to talk there. about that, and they feel some kind of way. But you know, somebody needs to talk about it. So we're talking about it now. Now, mm-hmm. um, eight crimes in the U.S. Um, skyrocketed 46% in 2021. New York City saw a 96% spike. L.A. had a 71% increase, and Asians experienced 339% rise um, in hate crimes. It's the worst numbers in 100 years. Is um, The California mm. State University, um, um, they cited this study. Um, the study is by the Center for the study of hate crime and extremism at, you know, California State College in San Bernardino. But mm. 46 centuries. Again, um, Trump was in office, so January 6th yeah. happened. I don't know. I'll say, say what you will. Now, now get this. <laughs> Speaking of Elon Musk earlier in the show, a teen who tracked Elon Musk's private plane um, and shared the location. Yeah. He turned down an offer of a free Tesla Model 3 in exchange for deleting the account. 
So Tyler Spessman, <laughs> Jack Sweeney, who's 19, has refused to take Elon Musk's um, um, tracker account down uh, on social media. But he offered, he tried to bribe him. He's like, you got more money than that. You try to, yeah, try to get he, he, At first he tried $5,000, man. Oh, did he really? That was the first thing. Yeah, he, he said, I'll give you $5,000. The kid's like, come on, man, I need 50000 at least. I need 50 G's. <laughs> He was like, uh, like, I'm not paying that. And he was like, all right, well, I'll keep it up then, you know. Right. I'm like, yeah, better difference. Right. Mm-mm. Right. So you want to move in You want to move in silence and support those people who are exposing everybody else's um, information on the Internet. Like, mm-hmm. Come on now. You know, those yeah. guys, Zuckerberg and um, Bales or whatever his name is, all those guys are like, oh, Private people, they, y'all can't hold us accountable for your private information. Well, you got a tracker on you, buddy. See how that works. Out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that was now, a smart move by that kid, man. Yeah, if I was that kid, I'd have I'd, uh, um, took a shot at his ego. I'd have been like, hey, how about you give me an Aston Martin? Like, why don't you buy somebody <laughs> else's car? Really? You know, and I missed that story mm-hmm. earlier, but the fastest luxury SUV ever. Is an Aston Martin. An Aston Martin. They actually make uh, SUVs now. It's called the really? BBX 707. It can hit 193 miles an hour as a starting price of $255,000. And so they unveiled the, the car on Tuesday, um, and um, they're saying, you know, they're competing with the likes of Bentley and, and Lamborghini. So if mm. I was like. Elon Musk would have told me that. I would have been like, okay, if you give me two Bentleys, a Lamborghini, and an Aston Martin. I don't want a damn Tesla. Because that's yeah, free. Yeah. Right? He well, gets those things for free. You think you go say, right. It didn't cost for him jack. This is going to cost you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't cost him just, a dime. <laughs> he, he thought, I, I guess he thought that uh, that kid was slow. Apparently, he was yep. like, uh, obviously not. Not if he's tracking your sorry <laughs> Right? Right? It's like, that, that is not going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. okay. So, you know, I, I, um, like I said, just like you said, they need to pay their taxes. So if you ain't going to pay your taxes, well, fine. So I, um, see, we always get like this towards the end of the show. There was something that I still want you to talk about, and, um, I'm still. I'm gonna have to save this for, since we only have a few minutes left. I'm gonna save this for for um, next week. But I do want to say this story: a Michigan woman who was sentenced up to 20 years in prison for trying to kill. She tried to hire a contract killer through a website called RentAHitman.com to kill her ex-husband. <laughs> okay, okay, so Mitchell know. Like he, they said he. Well, what they're saying is he stole twenty thousand dollars from her. So Wendy Lynn Wynn. I think is her name. 52 from South Rockford pled guilty in November for for using the murder for hire website and to solicit mm. murder and using a computer to commit a crime. Now, if you're gonna go to a website called Rent a Hitman, you need to just walk your butt into the police station. Why don't you ask to use their computer? Because you are going to jail. <laughs> you cannot be that slow, yeah. people. I'm not uh... saying you need to. I, I'm not saying you should try to kill somebody. I'm just saying that's just stupid. So in our stupid <laughs> news, that's what we got. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, man. Uh, but I, I tried to put the music on, but this computer froze up, bro. <laughs> That's okay. All right. I told you, yeah. I keep I, I keep an eye on it so I can see it. I do about how much time. I was yeah. installing until the end of the show, so I knew where we were going. And I was like, all right, okay. we're, we're getting at, at the end of it. So I still haven't done my Heidi Fly story. So that's why I'm, yeah. I had to say that. We had some time to talk about her. You know. Okay, brother. Hey, all right, man. We'll we'll get together. I'll see all you right. next week. All right. Later. Later. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.